Street Fight Radio listeners. Thanks for being here. Sunday night, time for a street fight. We do this every single week. We do it at Sundays, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are taking your calls. You can dial in 614-412-5252. We answer your questions about work. You can complain about your boss. Tell us about your dare officer. Or give us a military recruitment story. Anything else that's on your mind, it's fair game. This is Street Fight Radio. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We've been doing this for seven years now. We're working on getting rid of all the hierarchies and replacing them with an egalitarian society that works for the betterment of all of us. Uh, And it starts with just cracking jokes, really. It's what we've come up with right now. Uh, You can find more of what we do at streetfightradio.com. You can find bonus shows over on patreon.com slash streetfightradio. And we're on all the social media at streetfightwcrs. Look for us on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all of that stuff. The show, call-in show, live streams on YouTube and Twitch. So add us on there. The username is streetfightwcrs. On Twitch, it's streetfightradio. And you can chat with folks as we take calls. And uh, on both platforms, we have a unified chat now. So get involved. Come, come hang out. We have a super awesome Facebook group. So if you're on Patreon, message us there or just hit up the Facebook page. You can find our amazing Street Fighters group. It's a secret and you got to answer some questions to get in. But uh, we've done some amazing stuff in there. And if you're a regular listener, you're really missing out if you're not in there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're missing out. You, you don't get to hit the uh, chat. You don't get to talk on the chat. What chat? On the, the Street Fighters group? Oh, sorry. I was. I thought you were talking about the stream. So oh yeah, like, the stream oh, yeah. has good chatting too. Yeah, we got Discord as well. I'm this out of everything. It. I'm kind of out of it right now because I'm barefooted. Really? That's not increasing your blood flow at all. I decided to dare to go bare. I've already been attacked by a praying mantis a couple times. Like we were standing outside, just bringing me and Brett talking about the future and about our hopes and dreams, and then all of a sudden a praying mantis jumped on my hat, then my foot, and then I ran away. I think that's good energy though right it was attracted to you for your good energy they eat their their wives eat their husbands did you know that yeah i know that that's scary to me i don't want my wife to eat me brett someday she will and you just have to accept it as a part of life that's why i don't have any cats you always hear those stories about people who like die in their house because there's nobody around they're like alone and their cats just like kind of chewing on their face until somebody finds them that's depressing to me to think about (laughs) (laughs) yeah i um i don't think about that type of stuff i keep that out of my mind there's no reason to think about that at all gumball i mean gumball would eat your face if you were alive (laughs) if you slept 12 hours gumball would eat your face (laughs) yeah gumball can't well gumball would get out i think she's pretty wily yeah yeah i'm just saying gumball hates you that's true. It's <laughs> very true. I don't know why people like that cat so much. We're not on the, we don't have the best relationship, but it's, I mean, we're getting better. It's a hateful cat. Oh my God. She brought a mouse into the house oh, last Jesus night. So criminy. I had to go catch a goddamn mouse and throw it outside. Ugh. And then it fucking died out there. So Charlotte was playing in the morning. She's like, I found the mouse. <laughs> and so I had to go pick up this dead mouse and throw it in the trash. God, one time I was hanging out at my, so my brother used to live like two doors down from me. And we were like kind of me and my friends were kind of hanging out at the house, like out front, you know, getting some of those, uh, you know, I like hanging out outside. I'm an outside guy. 
and and we're like hanging out out actually i'm an outside guy but i will never sleep outside ever but yeah. i try to be outside as much as possible it's but just, you just got to stay within driving distance of your house <laughs> yes yes so uh we're outside and, and my brother and his wife come running out of their house screaming and we didn't even know what was happening we actually at first i thought they were fighting and like getting into the real deal fight oh like right right screaming at each other you know and i was like oh shit yeah this is awkward so i was like i'm gonna run over there and see what's going on and there was a bat in their house Oof. and like we all had to go in there and try and catch this bat and it was like the <laughs> dumbest thing it was probably about 25 minutes and we had this big sheet and we were just running around the house trying to get the bat in a sheet and take it outside did you put like two broomsticks and make like a, a big net that would have been smart. No, we were just throwing a sheet at the bat. Ah. Uh, you know? Try, okay. Just, like, spread it out and just give it a toss. And yeah. if it lands on the bat, you can turn it into a bag. And, and once it starts flying, everybody screams and panics, right? Yeah, that's basically what happened. We all walked in the house, and the bat started flying, and we all started panicking. And then it was like, okay, let's step outside and figure this whole thing out. And then we stepped outside. I don't know. I hate bats, man. Oh, they're cool. Scary, though. They're like little puppies with wings. With rabies. Not all of them. Every single one of them, from what I've heard. And also, they... Is that my, mice or bats where they, like... The old urban legend was they would poop on uh, cans of pop, and then you drink the can, and if you don't wipe the top off, it'll kill you? I think rats did that. That's rats. Okay. Yeah, they would say that, like, they have so much storage. Like, there's these gigantic warehouses filled with Coca-Cola products and cans, and then all the rats are just living in there shitting all over the cans. Yeah. People are so scared of everything. There ain't no rats in there. They keep those places spotless. I've seen it on a little TV show called Undercover Boss. Yeah, that's how you know. Yeah, it's clean. That's the cleanest warehouse. I was thinking about that today. I was thinking about that the other day, how like all the warehouses and all the places are clean because they know that yeah. a reality show's coming, so you're basically never going to see... Yeah, they're, the week before that, people worked extra hours and stayed over. They're like, all right, guys, we're doing it. Uh, clean up for, you know, uh, clean up for the reality shows happening. We're going to buy dominoes for everybody. You know, just stick around for two hours. And they make them clean. They make them get toothbrushes on the ground. Yeah. And then, like, so that what that means is you're never going to see, like, something that management does wrong or something like that because the place is spotless. And any bad thing that happens while the undercover boss is there is blamed on the employees. Right. <laughs> that's exactly because that's no, they're on their own. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just and they and they they do the job the same way every single day, and nobody says anything. And then the undercover boss shows up and is like, "Hey, in our manual, it doesn't say you're allowed to do that." And it's like, "Lady, that's how it gets done." Yeah, I actually want to update people on the last boss we did was for Family Dollar. Uh, you know, you can find out how to subscribe to this to see us do. Uh, we're not allowed to say it. Yeah, on we're the not allowed to say it. But there are places you can go to subscribe to subscribe to us to watch us do commentary over Undercover Boss. And that guy ended up getting fired like shortly after Undercover Boss. Like he did it in 2014, and then six months later he got fired. The C, the founder the, guy, the COO, the okay. community college guy. And uh, that makes me. That just leads me to believe basically that none of those changes happened. No, none of that stuff happened. That all went out the door with him. Yeah, like he offered a, a new broom sweeps clean, right? Yeah, and he offered a woman. 
he would pay for most of her. They never pay for all their college. They only pay for a piece of their college, but he would pay for a piece of her college if she promised to stay there for three years after and they would like promote her. And I can guarantee none of that stuff. Like she might've got to go to college like for one year. Cause at the end of the episode that it, it said they paid for her college, but all that, like I'm going to promote you and you can stay here at family dollar afterwards. I want to keep you around. That all went out the window when that dingbat got fired. You yeah. Know? He probably quit to go be in a rock and roll band no he got fired he, oh, he got, got fired. fired yeah he got let go because they was just like you're not i mean we well they didn't lose money they like that's the weird thing about well that's not the weird thing but that's one of the things about corporations a lot of times is they'll like say that they lost money but really what happened was they didn't make as much profit as they did the year before which is like a totally different thing than losing money losing money is like you have less money yeah. at the end of the year than you did when you started the year. So to pay some bills and your bank account's <laughs> negative. Yeah, yeah. No, so. that business bullshit. They can they they always lose money because that's how you don't pay taxes. Right. Well, and 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 like that's that's why that's what we do. And that's like why a lot of times you go to like when workers go to meetings and they talk about profit and then later they talk about like oh we got record profits and then later on tell you you can't have a raise. It's like that's cuz we have to when you have record profits one year, you need to have record profits the next year and the next year and the next year. So like, and that's just for the shareholders. So like, that's why you don't end up with a raise or that's why you end up getting laid off. Even when it seems like the company's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or they reorganize stuff. I know somebody that just lost a job and uh, they said there was people that were doing it for 25 years that thought that they were going to retire. It was in telecommunications, which has only gotten more popular in the last 25 years. And, uh, they're just kind of, I mean, there's nothing that really offers that kind of security. You know, there's nothing that you can really expect to do for that amount of time. And that family stuff that they always pitch on those shows doesn't follow through at all because they'll change the family up if they don't like how it's going. Yeah. You know, and you're and out like the window. The, the idea of them not liking how it's going can can really be just a feeling too that's why it's all such a scam it's like you know you get a new coo and he changes a bunch of stuff and it's not because it's it's not because it was inefficient or anything like that it's really because i don't like the way you do this so now we're going to do it this way or he's supposed to prove with that he has some sort of he or she has some sort of amazing new methods that's going to turn everything around and then you have even worse with like these toys r us deals where they're just buying them and making as much money as they can as the fucking ship is sinking. You yeah. know, like yep. they're just like, we're going to monitor all of these old brands that are going out is from venture capitalists. I've read, I mean, I've read a ridiculous amount of articles about these, these takeovers and mergers and they're all just like rich people playing around. And it's like, and so many people's lives are affected by what they're doing here. Right. Well, the Toys R Us thing was, a, was big for me. When I saw the Toys R Us thing happen, it was really one of those things where it's like, okay, like Toys R Us is not a good job, right? Like getting a job at Toys R Us means you're not making shit for money. You might be making 11 $12 an hour to like assemble bikes or something like that or, or move boxes around. And but like at least when you work at a place like Toys R Us, you work at a place like, you know, Kroger, Kohl's, something like that. It's like this place is going to be around, you know, sure. they say this place ain't going anywhere. Right. So this twelve dollars an hour is guaranteed. I could, you know, I can probably make this work. And then a place like Toys R Us goes out of business, a place that you like would never expect oh, Toys R Us would go out of business. And they claim because of the internet and all of that. And it's, it's no, it's because of fucking financial vampires. Yes. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It's somebody bought it and then decided, like, if we close this place, we'll make more money than if we keep it open. But they did, like, and it it, it is. Like, you talk about the family, like, oh, we're a family kind of thing. And it's like, only for, that only applies when it's good for you. Yeah. It doesn't apply when when it's good for me. Yeah. You know? You can't even, like, I, I remember I used to watch, like, those old movies and stuff and old sitcoms. And, like, one of the ways that they would have a solution to one of their problems would be that they could go to work and get a payday. Adv- like, they they could be like, yo, uh, I I got a crazy medical yeah. bill rolled through. Can I get an advance on my paycheck? And, and you could take it out of the check and, and installments. And I was like, I never had a job where I could do that. I never had a job that I, I would even think that I could do that. I had one. Okay. I did have a my tech pro, um, what was it called, uh, boiler room job. They would let us be like, well, you're going to get sales next week? Like, yeah. It's like, well, I can front you some money. But then some people <laughs> took advantage of it. <laughs> so then he had to, like, put a stop to it. The company got too big where he was, like, loaning out too much money. Right. But that also says something about your employees, right? Yeah, They're yeah. not making enough money. Well, that's what Undercover Boss always says to me, too. That's one of the things that we've only done two of these episodes, right, where we where we watch Undercover Boss. But that is that is the real thing it says to me is, like, how unaware these people are of how they're – I mean, and look, who knows, like, what they really think in their mind. This is all propaganda, you know? Right. So I don't know what they really think. But if you are to take them on their word on this television show – they seem like they're so completely disconnected from the effects of their decisions unless those effects are positive. Right. You know, so if I got to lay off, if I got to close a store that I'm disconnected, like, oh, I had to close the store. I mean, it makes sense. It's just like you, you, like you just said, you know somebody that got laid off recently after working at a job for a very long time, right? And the decision to lay that person off was made by somebody who – when explain when they explain it and even when they explain it to the employees it's just like that's what we had to do like we had to oh no you i'm i mean we don't want to ever do this yeah we're making money we're making money we're running this way this system and it was fine we were expanding the business was fine and then i decided that i looked at the numbers and we could just cut out all of these people right i remember last year i was reading a news story about nationwide which is one of the biggest employers in columbus right like this is where their headquarters are oh yeah they they own the city and they they kind of i read this article where they said they were laying off 1200 people and they the way that the article was worded and this was in an alt weekly website it wasn't in a newspaper but in one of those alt news websites that talks just about what's going on in the city and like the way that it was explained was like well we just had to lay off 1200 people it's you know in the grand scheme of things that's only like one or two percent of the people that work here it's not even like really that big of a deal and it's like that's 1200 people that don't have a job anymore god damn that's a big deal for a lot of families and (laughs) 1,200 people is how many more? I mean, how many wives, husbands, kids, partners, all of those things, grandparents, parents rely on that. It feels yeah. like they and, sh- and, it, I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. You were talking. It feels to me as though they should have to find something for you. Whether yeah. it's in or out of the company, there should be systems in place where, like, if if 
I'm, I'm just going to say Ohio places based in Columbus because that's the place that's the place I know. But it should be a place where like if Nationwide lays you off, then they should be looking at Chase or they should be looking at Huntington Bank or, or they should be looking at different jobs that are roughly the same. And they should have to try to help you figure out a way to get into those places. That's not hard to do. That, yeah. that infrastructure can't be that difficult to put into place. Yeah. Some sort of career guidance or yeah. an assistance. Yeah. Because also the thing is, is now. You know, this is the American deal here is those people lost some pretty good insurance too. that 25 year level insurance means that if your family is in need of regular health care, you're covered, you know, and that's not going to be happening for 1200 people in that case or, you know, all the people that just lost their job where I'm talking about. I mean, you even think about this. Think about the fact that like this person worked at this place for like 25 years and their job was giving them five weeks of vacation because they had worked their fucking ass off to get. They worked 25 years at a place to get to that point where it's like they helped all of it happen. They right. were a, a, a cog in the machine that made fucking money for everybody, you and, know. And when you get a job, they, they had those benefit, they, those like vacation days and sick days and benefits that they talk about in orientation that you're like. Damn, I, someday I could yeah. get five weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they they lose all that, and then they go back to having two weeks a year and whatever PTO and stuff like that, and it's just they just lose everything. It's it's really it's really depressing, man. And it, it, the the thing the place I know about the most is Nationwide because of like kind of generations of my family have have worked there, you know. And a lot of times when they lay you off, they'll give you six months. So they'll give you six months notice that they laid you off and say, if you can find another job in the company, go for it. And then, you know, that affects everybody's promotions at that point because those people are like desperately applying for every single one of the jobs that they can get. And it just kind of levels out everybody's opportunities for for uh, advancement and to make more money. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it's it's fucking sinister. Uh, talking about uh, though, I was thinking about old sitcoms too. I was thinking about Cheers when I was a kid because that mo- that still sticks with me. That you would go to a place that that's where everybody knows your name, <laughs> yeah. like a family type thing. And like at work, that I mean, there was just regional managers that never knew my name. Oh, you know, like there's nothing familial about it. The only place I went where people knew my name was check advance the cash payday advance places yeah they would say hi brett every single time i went there right yeah i mean i i don't think i've ever like i'm trying to so there used to be a starbucks in my neighborhood that i stopped at every day and every once in a while they give me a free coffee and they kind of knew who i was because i was there every day before work but uh and there's a coffee shop by my house that i used to go to quite a bit where they knew who i was when i would go in there but like that experience is so gone oh yeah like it's so like erased from the world because like every service job has ridiculous turnover so like nobody would ever know who you are <laughs> right yeah i mean there's just no there's not doing anything to keep those people like no that. community basically i mean that's the thing is like there's just the idea of of like living in a community is totally dead that's like gone we we don't really i mean we have online communities i think and yeah you know that's a pot i don't think that's a negative thing like i don't like the street fighters group i see as like kind of a community they help each other out those those people in that group are constantly like raising money for each other and 
and like doing meetups and like doing different service things together and stuff like that, which is beautiful. But like, man, I think that like take making that a real life thing would be such a, such a huge deal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it would be such a difference in the way people think even about politics because of like when you we've talked about this in the past, but when you talk about something like racism, you know, and, and like like I've known people who like I used to work with a guy who called himself a not like he was a Nazi. He totally considered himself a fucking Nazi and was not ashamed to say it to me. I mean, he was ashamed to say it at work because that's a thing Get to be ashamed trouble, of. Yeah. And he knew me. You know what I mean? So he kind of trusted me to be able to say that to me at that time. And uh, he was nice to every he liked every black guy he worked with. He liked every he liked all the women and all like every all the POCs. And, you know, there were even gay dudes that worked there that like everybody was like really great with. And it's like all these conservative people who like in 2004 were voting against gay marriage and stuff. But they had gay friends at this place. And it's like, man. That's, it seems like people, if they know each other, are sort of willing to put their differences aside. Now, that didn't, like, translate to good politics. No. That never translated to them not voting against, you know, gay marriage or something like that. But it did, it did like, make you think, like, man, if we all talked just – if we talked to the people that we lived around a little bit more, maybe we could do something like that. Like, I never fucking talked to my neighbor, dude. I never talk to any of my neighbors, and oh. they're outside. I see them outside all Say the hi time. To I don't want to. See, that's the problem. I know. I know. I, dude, I know that's the problem. <laughs> I just don't want to fucking talk to them, dude. You just got to say hi, and that's it. I mean, you know, bring something up. But that's not substantive at all, just saying hi because you feel like you have to. Well, it leads to something more, though. It's a ch- It's opening the door. Yeah. Yeah, but it also feels like they don't want anything to do with me. It's like a whole that that's the thing. It's like a lot of times I mean, you can beat yourself up about not being social enough, but like the whole like I mean, just if you look at memes on the internet, if you if you look at the way people carry themselves, if you look at like uh if you look at TV shows, movies and stuff like that, it really makes you feel like like nobody wants to interact with anybody that they don't know that's the way it makes me feel at least i know that's not real life that's and that's what i'm saying though that's what it is all of those themes are out that is they are pushing all of those themes on all of us and people seem to be that way but then in real life it's not like that at all i mean that all falls apart nobody's actually like that you know we're like all desperate for a connection and it's just sad that we won't do it i guess yeah it's like i even have close friends I mean, I'll, I'll, I have, like, me and you are close friends, and, like, I'm half the time afraid to ask you if you want to do something. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's just like, I mean, he probably don't want to waste his time doing something with me. You know what well, I mean? <laughs> we have kids in my neighborhood. I actually went to my neighbor's house and had a beer, and he invited me over for beer and cake, which was pretty nice. Really? Today, yeah. It was it, did, did you enjoy his company and yeah, hanging out? Yeah, interesting. Okay. They have cool. stuff, yeah, they're smart people and uh, really low-key. You know, I, I, I think... Uh, if anything, I like about my neighborhood that I just don't, I think that people don't give a fuck in, in that way. It's not as pretentious, I feel like, right. even though I know these people are doing pretty well, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, you see the model in my neighborhood where it's like you just like it's impossible to feel like you I it's impossible for me to feel like I belong. I just yeah. don't make the kind of money that they make. I don't vacation in France. I don't like yeah. I don't like, you know, I can't. I like my daughter 
knew somebody in school last year that did their they were doing their science fair project and her project was watering a plant one plant with water and one with cold pressed juice that's fucking ten dollars a bottle for how long for like two weeks wow and she drinks also that cold pressed juice every day for breakfast right so it was buying two one for her one for the plant twenty dollars a day for juice to do this thing <laughs> and like i looked at that and i said i will never be able to do that like on yeah. top of like just being like i am not giving you ten dollars to water a plant yeah on top of that it's just like no you're not getting a ten dollar breakfast every day <laughs> right right <laughs> but it's like a status symbol there it's like they're all on a fucking juice cleanse that costs sixty dollars a-, a week you know yeah, I mean that's the that's the thing, and but it's also, it's like a gift and a curse. It's a curse though because you have perspective now. Like your brokenness kind of makes you see the ridiculous of that. But somebody that has all that money is just living so vapidly and doing that shit without question. You know, yeah. like they don't ever. They never once was like, is spending one hundred and forty dollars on juice for a plant a bad idea? Yeah. Well, I mean, and they see it like they probably it doesn't take like, the no, same. Do, do science, kid. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't take the same bite out of their life as it would for me. Right. Which is like, uh, but you're like, you want to sit that kid down and be like, you spent that much money on to put it, to pour it on a plant. Groceries for like two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. To pour it on a plant. Do you know that there are people that like, you know, are eating a Snickers bar for breakfast and like. I, I just popcorn for dinner. Popcorn for dinner is the famous one from this show. I do know people that have eaten popcorn for dinner, but that it, it really is like when you live in a neighborhood. Cause like, I mean, every really nice neighborhood that you know of, I've even heard this about Beverly Hills. Even every really nice neighborhood has a little piece of it that renters live in that are like the scum of the earth to the people that can actually afford to live there. <laughs> Right. And I'm them. Like, I am the guy that I got a thousand dollar a month apartment in a neighborhood that I shouldn't live yeah. in. I shouldn't be able to live in. Right. And I live there and like my kid goes to school there. And now I'm starting to see I'm starting to see how kind of decadent upper middle class America is, you know, <laughs> No, it's wild. I mean, the amount of money I, I do it all the time because I always price people shit up whenever I'm hanging. I'm like, I'll just look at stuff and be like, this is a crazy amount of money. And I even talked about it at the Minneapolis show uh, with the bike bros. Like I'm not, I like bikes, but I don't I've never spent a thousand dollars on a bike. I've never spent more than two hundred dollars on a bike. Yeah. And uh, I feel like you can get bikes for thirty dollars that ride just fine if you have a little bit of mechanical knowledge. And that's fine. I'm not really looking to. I'm not like I'm not looking to earn to the point where I can just go buy a two thousand dollar bicycle, you know, yeah. or, or like and, and the for, expensive food. I, I, I'm I am trying to eat better without using expensive food. Like I, I soak oats in fucking milk. You know, that's my breakfast. So I'm not eating like avocado toast or acai bowls for breakfast. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a good thing, though. I mean, that's actually useful for people like you hear all these people that like go vegan and stuff and they're like no you just got to buy a five dollar thing of vegan yes. cheese and it's the best tasting stuff and yeah, <laughs> it tastes like, just like the real cheese and it's real, like but it's a dollar if i buy the other cheese right, real cheese is a dollar 99 <laughs> yeah. and it has that same great cheese flavor i've always loved yeah. <laughs> it's I don't really know. hard it's a challenge yeah for sure i is. mean I've, i buy that pea milk now which is like nine dollars a gallon Oof. uh 
I'm and drink like a thimble full a day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the best one, man. It has like all of the same nutrients, protein, no sugar. And it's fucking great, but it's just not, it, you know, they're not subsidizing that. They're subsidizing regular milk, you know? Yeah, that's, that, I mean, I, you know, I posted today that I had been trying Soylent. It is super expensive, but it, like, worked for me. So yeah. now I'm at this, I'm Pay at this play, dude. sort of impasse where it's like, okay, like, I found the solution to, like, my binge eating. Like, I found the thing that will stop me from eating all the calories that I burn and more every day. And, like, I don't want to be fat. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I know that, like, body positivity is, like, for some people, that's great. But for me, I want to be, I want to, I don't want to be thin, but I, like, want to be in shape. I want to be strong. I want to be fit. You know what I mean? And, like, I'm a pretty active guy, but my eating is, like, out of hand. I don't know how to control my eating. I have, like, the worst. Yeah, really. It's not. It's, like, I have the worst impulse control in the world, dude. Like, the world, that's, I mean, look at my drug drug use and stuff like that. Like, I've never quit doing drugs since I started doing drugs. Not for even, well, I guess I did for a year. But, like, I, but, like, one year out of 30, not, not 39, one year out of, like, 30 or 25 years, I've not done drugs. <laughs> right, right. You know what I mean? And, sure. like, every other year, I'm like, well, I got to have some drugs to get through the day. I don't care what kind of drugs. Just put some drugs in me. Right. You know? <laughs> So the eating thing has been real bad but for that's me. What, and that's what it is, though. I mean, all that stuff is like it is easy to lose weight when you have a lot of money. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's why I've been talking about, like, uh, dieting and and, a tra- and exercising, right? Those are two things that I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out before the winter comes because I don't want to be depressed all winter. So I'm, like, I want to diet and I want to exercise. Those are the two important things on my list. But, like, I... <laughs> I want a fucking die. I want a person, right, that is really smart, that understands food and nutrition to sit down with me and write what I'm allowed to eat, how much I'm allowed to eat, and when I'm allowed to eat it. That's what I need. That's what I want. And, like, that's... that's my, to- probably someone listening to the show that could do that. Right. And I also... But on top of that, too, I want somebody to tell me when and how I should exercise, right? Like, I want... Some, like, people are always like, well, here, let me give you some advice. And I'm like, I am telling you that I want you to write exactly what I have to do. I will tell you what I like to eat, but I need you to tell me exactly what I have to do. And there are people in this world... That can and will do that. I just have to give them a ton of money to do yeah. it. Yeah. You got to do some work on your part, too. Yeah. Though. You got to put some effort in. Otherwise, yeah. you can't rely on everybody else. Somebody else. It'll fall apart. Yeah, I understand. I just even like the beginnings of something like that. Maybe you just plan it for like three weeks for me. And then I kind of get an understanding of how it works. I could do that. You know, it's really like I just that's I'm at. I kind of get at a loss for like how to how to uh, how to treat myself. You know, I like I'm at a loss for how to do it and how to work, how to do self. Like I'm so good and and like I'm I'm not I'm not like modest or anything. I think I'm pretty good at like trying to improve myself like socially and mentally. Like I spend a lot of time trying to figure that out and like I even feel fine like if somebody wanted advice on how to how to be a better like friend or husband or father or or just person in the world like i'm i'm fairly comfortable like giving advice because a lot of people 
do like the people around me have seen that I've like improved as a person over the past few years and I'm like pretty good at that but like when it comes to the physical stuff I just I don't get it I don't know how and I just like now I like sit around all the time thinking like I'm just gonna die it I guess I'll just die at 50 you know what I mean I'll have a bunch of friends and people will mourn me but I'm still gonna be dead <laughs> <laughs> So I've 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 covered the part where like my worst fear is being alone. Like I probably am never going to be alone because I am like decent to be around. But like <laughs> you're in peace out early. I think so. I just don't know how not to. I don't know how to fucking eat, dude. Nobody teaches you that. Nobody. They don't teach yeah, you that in school. They do a terrible job. And the FDA is, does a terrible job. I know. I know. They, it's just a food pyramid. Here's a food pyramid. Here's a picture of a bunch of food. That's what you got to eat. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that's all the foods? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <clears throat> don't they call pizza? What is it that they pizza call pizza? Pizza was a vegetable. Pizza was a vegetable. That was for school lunches. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they feed you in school, though. That's what you're, like, convinced yeah. you have to eat, right? Well, yeah. I mean, standard American diet is is completely horrible. Yeah. I mean, what culturally, what we regularly eat is totally unnutritious. <laughs> Dude, we don't even have, like, a rich... Like, you look at other, like, ethnic foods and stuff where it's, like, they have, like, decently healthy meals right with like, vegetables in them yeah like if you if you eat sushi is like not really bad for you you know what i mean it's got a bunch of decent shit in it you know it's we modest don't modest portion yeah we don't we don't have anything like sushi in america it was just basically like well, we'll give sushi you a fish sandwich a side dish <laughs> yeah <laughs> It really would be. And we also go to, like, the worst vegetable, potatoes. Corn. And corn. Two, corn. Like, two worthless vegetables. I know. I, I've i eaten so much corn as my vegetable for the day. <laughs> I don't think I could even, no. like, for a number of years, I just, when I went grocery shopping, I would buy, like, six cans of corn. Three of creamed and three of golden kernel. Yum. And I was like, damn, I'm getting these vegetables in me, though. I'm starting to eat a little more healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. These vegetables? Getting all those veggies. Have a big cut of meat, a can of corn. Put it on bread, too. I Well, no. See, this was the worst thing. For a long time, I thought dinner was meat, a canned vegetable, a grain, like rice aroni. Yeah, pilaf. <laughs> rice aroni, or uh, I like the broccoli cheese rice aroni. Right, right. Or macaroni and cheese, and then a bread, like a yeah. nice fucking roll or something like that. And I, that was my dinner. Like, that was when I was like, we're going to eat, we're going to start eating right in this house. Yeah. Okay? Like, yeah. no more of this Burger King. We're not getting fast food anymore. We're going to start eating right. Healthy. And then people were like... You'll be healthy, all right. Yeah, people were like, that's... You're, like, not eating healthy at all. Like, that's when I gained a lot of my weight. Sure. Like, it was in that, that sounds period. like a heavy meal. <laughs> not very satisfying. Well, it's very satisfying. Well, like, mean, in the end, you feel like, oh, I mean, boy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, you have to unlearn all of that stuff. Uh, the only, only reason I can do it is just because I've spent a ridiculous amount of time on it, and that's the only thing that's going to do it. And you got to, like, you can't do any of the harsh changes. You got to just figure out something that's going to work forever, you know? You got to find grab onto something that you, you don't expect to change your life in you know a month. It you, takes so long to get unhealthy that people expect in like a year that they should look like you know marble statues from working out. I haven't worked out for twenty years. I'm going to work out for a year. Oh geez, I'm pretty. Un, I'm, I I don't look like a uh, 
a CrossFit athlete now. What right. happened, you know? Right, and you're you're like really like you have like really great impulse control. Like pretty well, good yeah. impulse control. You make I you bet, make I, ridiculous proclamations. I think sure. was my thing when you were like, I'm not gonna eat pizza all September. Yeah. I was like, You live in Ohio, motherfucker, you're gonna eat pizza in September. I did end up eating <laughs> some pizza. I couldn't avoid <laughs> at gatherings, that's all they give you. It's the easiest thing to get. Yeah, to Nothing's feed a group easier. of people. Yeah. Yeah, I also, um, I mean, I got, you got to pat yourself on the back for having restraint. Like, I am like, you know, I'm fucking stoic, man. You know, like, <laughs> I'm really, like, just determined. And I control this thing. I'm steering this fucking ship. I'm the captain. You didn't and I'm drink. The shit. You didn't drink for a month, right? I didn't. Like, that's an true. entire month. And, like, I can't make a proclamation, like, I'm not going to do something for a month. I'm like, fuck, I love feeling good. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Right. Let's get on the phones. We're yapping too much. This ain't a basement show. Let's see who's on the phone lines here. Dude. Talking nutrition this this week on the Colin Show. Hello. Thanks for calling Street Fight. How's it going? Is this uh, Elizabeth? It is. How's it going? What's up, Elizabeth? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, just as a, I have you on speakerphone. Is the audio okay? Uh, it'd be better if you could if if you could talk uh, into the phone. It needs to be a little bit louder. Dude, okay. We uh, met. We I think we met your brother. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did uh, at the Chicago show. Yep, I met him. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. We really, yeah. I couldn't talk to the guy yeah, that would. Sorry, sorry to make it up there. Yeah, I didn't get, I really didn't get confirmation until two hours before. I sent an email, and they were real wishy washy about it. I just think they didn't want to have anything in writing that said they were okay with it. You know? That like, makes sense. They just yeah, no wanted, worries. wanted it to be like a handshake deal. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. No worries. So, what, um, what's going yeah. on, Elizabeth? So, uh, I'm actually right here, uh, with a friend of mine, um, who just went cross country on a Greyhound. Uh, she turned 18, was like, I'm leaving, goodbye, left the cult, uh, and is now, now here, so. Nice. Big changes. Yeah. That's crazy. That cross, where from, where from? Like, how far on a Greyhound? Uh, from San Diego, California, all the way to here in Illinois. Wow. Yeah, this is my life. Was that, Hi. Was that <laughs> crazy? Like, especially at 18, had had you been out alone very often in your teen oh, years? Oh, no. I was one of the most sheltered kids ever. And I don't know how I did it, but I just decided, literally on the day of my birthday, I just left. I just... I just I already had the ticket uh scheduled and everything and I just left. Wow, did you tell your family? I did. I did like uh, the day of, but uh I told them at least. See, I did a similar thing too. As soon as I turned 18, like I got signed a lease and I just left my parents' house in like the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to them for like 2 or 3 years just because I needed that much time to to de- yeah. to heal. God, you know? I wish that yeah, I didn't. I, what, what's that? I'm sorry. Uh, they're still texting me like every day, telling me to come back into the cult they were in, this religious cult. They're always sharing Bible texts with me, and I don't know how to tell them, like, hey, I kind of need some time alone. Stop texting me. Yeah. So I'm just like kind of going along with whatever they're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's really tough to break to to cut that bo- cut that uh, tie there like that, and I'm sure. Mm-hmm. 
they're laying it on thick. But the thing about it is that they're screwing themselves if they're just going to throw more of the same stuff that made you run away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I weigh, I, when I was 19 years old, I, I like, uh, got into a fight with my parents and just left and didn't come back for like two years to, yeah. to even talk to them. I didn't, I think I may have did Christmas for some weird reason. Cause I'm crazy. But like, other than that, <laughs> I just didn't, I never, I didn't really talk to them and I was gone. And then by the time I came back, I, I don't know, like people put a lot of stock into that like family thing but if it's an unhealthy family yeah. relationship then uh, i'm always like get away from it as quick as you can yeah mm-hmm. yeah family is like one of the most bullshit things uh yeah i think it's one of the most harmful things you know that like the nuclear family you know where it's two parents and you know however many other people are supposed to be able to raise a person you know, effectively. And it's like, that's just not how it's supposed to work. Well, I mean, I think for me, the, and I wrote about this in the family zine was, uh, the, so many people stay controlled by their family. The thing is, is like, if you don't have an extreme parent, um, you can get stuck just living in their shadow or always looking for their approval because they did treat you quite okay. But then they're making all the decisions. And I seen people that are still my age that are still like, so worried about what their mom and dad is going to think about the choices they make with their life. And it's just, it sucks because you know there's just not enough tension and pressure or a big enough thing for them to just cut that fucking umbilical cord you know yeah leaving mm-hmm. leaving the way that you did i think i mean if, if that feels like the healthier way to do it it, do, it probably doesn't feel like that now or like to other people but like I, again yeah brad is right like we we they know. probably would have tried to stop you if you would have let him know. Yeah. And I know so many people who are still, like, miserable about the way that their parents yeah. treat them. And you're just like, just, you're an adult. You, like, don't have to deal with this. You can you make know? your own, mm-hmm. fa- and you can make your own family. There's people that you can, you'll know for yeah. a long, long time that are going to know more about you than anybody else. And that's, yeah. who, that's who my mm-hmm. family is. You know, Brian is my family. Uh, and the people that we are close with, that's my family. I mean, the other ones is, yeah. is more an obligation. And I can say this, and, and I know that, like, it probably feels weird here. Like, it probably feels weird to even think about, like, the future now when you're, when you're like, just did something <laughs> so crazy. But I will tell you that, like, me and Brett, our families spend, like, Christmas together with our friends. Like, we don't really i don't see my family on christmas i see brett and Mm -hmm. and a group of our friends and and we spend all the holidays together and i get i get i get the same (laughs) what are you doing i get i i get the same family i get the same family interactions from these people my daughter has you know cousins but but she like hangs out with with like our friends kids you know what i mean like you can get that and like eventually your family will come back around too i mean my brother works for us and like uh i talk to my sister and my brother like still and and like it's just if your parents are in an unhealthy situation like you're allowed to cut your parents loose because that that is the best thing you can do as an adult if if they're a problem and you said they were in a cult i think the only I think the only thing stopping me is that they're still playing for my phone plan. So uh, <laughs> I need to figure out a way to pay for it myself. And then I'm just, 
I'm just done with them, honestly. You're in a. Were they really in a cult, or is it just a weird church? Uh, It's a cult. Sounds like like a cult. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you have to. Like if you're like, is it a weird church or a cult? You're like, ah, I think it's a cult. They were the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't know if you know them. Oh, yeah, I know it. I know it. Yeah, they're, you know, really, uh, I guess, cheerful, nice on the outside. But on the inside, it's, it's really messed up. It seems yeah. Jehovah's uh, Witness was always strange to me because they, like, the the no holidays thing just makes it feel very, like, oh, uh, no, yeah. that makes I've it. I've never celebrated that before. I know it's Fourth cra- of July. Even are you allowed to do the Fourth of July as a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness? No, no. no Zero holidays. Th- all three hundred and sixty-five days are the same. That's the only thing. That's yeah. the only holiday I can get down with. Not celebrating. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I don't think we need to celebrate. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. just thinking that every single day is the same and there's no special days because they don't celebrate their oh, birthdays, yeah. Brett. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I'm fine. Yeah, with that. yeah. She didn't, they didn't miss much uh, when they left. No, <laughs> no celebration to miss out on. No. <laughs> well, happy birthday! This is your first birthday, really. Everyone, very happy birthday yeah. to you. So, thank you, God. Yeah. I got. I got to say, there was actually a kid uh, growing up. One of my good friends was Jehovah's Witness. He had a ping pong table in his basement, and he had a bunch of gas-powered uh, cars that we used to drive. And That's how they get you. <laughs> he, we weren't. He, they held like their church thing was in his basement. We would go play in the basement. They had all these folding chairs and everything. I never got uh-huh. to meet his parents once. He would always make us leave as soon as his parents showed up. Um, but oh. he ended up running. Good friend. That's good friend. He ended up running away from them. He didn't go to college. He yep. went to the mountains to go snowboarding, and he, <laughs> he ended up. Owning, uh, I'm sorry, opening a party promotion business. He got really good at getting oh people together. He's traveled to Peru, India. He's been all over the globe oh running this party promotion business where he does, you know, has these most of the most amazing experiences I've ever seen in my life. That's crazy. Yeah. What is the, like, what is the, uh, I mean, so it's basically you meet once a week and you're not allowed to, like, have holidays. What is, like, like what is special about? You're the, I guess you're the is, secret group of people that get to right. heaven. Everybody else I, doesn't, right? Right, right, right. Like basically, they think they're like the chosen ones. I guess yep. you know they're the only true religion, um, and the only I guess one hundred forty-four thousand get to go up into heaven with the you know the main dude, and uh, uh, I guess the rest just stay on earth and live forever in a paradise that they have to make, I guess. I don't know. And there's always this looming threat of like the Armageddon that will eventually kill all the terrible people who celebrate Christmas. And, uh, uh, after that, I guess only the righteous survive and live in that paradise. And, uh, I think, uh, that's pretty much it. Except, you know, they have their own fucked up rules and stuff. Also no gays. Oh yeah. No gays. Yeah. I I mean, What about, like, um, I, I know this is a dumb question, but what about, like, drugs and alcohol? Oh, no, those were, like, uh, well, drugs are more, like, strict as a none at all. And alcohol was always a gray area because a lot of people are like, no, alcohol is bad, it gets you drunk. And other people are like, okay, but Jesus drank alcohol. Right. Uh, and, can I ask, and, like, but Jesus, 
One more uh, blood transfusion, yes or no? No, yeah, right. No, that's not a thing. No, really? Yeah, really, it's not a thing. It's not allowed. If you're dying and you and uh, like a family member says, "Oh, I have blood." Oh, wait, no, they have a card. You can't do it. They have a everyone. Uh, I think has to have a card uh, with them at all times. That's in case they get in an accident. That says no blood transfusion. No. God. So if they're unconscious, they have to look at that card and like. Do whatever the card says, I suppose. When you have, when you start getting into the territory where you have to have a card with you at all times, that's when it starts to get like to be a cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always like because like my neighbors growing up were Jehovah's Witnesses who had the basement mm-hmm. meetings and stuff like that. We were the worst human beings right. in the world, by the way. We used to like when they had their meetings. Our driveway was right next to the uh, right next to the basement where they had it, and we would bring a mm-hmm. boombox outside and play really loud music. <laughs> and shoot baskets the whole time and just cuss and smoke and uh but like i always the the kids that like the so the kids from that family there were three girls living over there and i think two of them were like roughly my sister's age and like they just they never hung out like we didn't hang out with those people like they and it wasn't because we weren't because that's primarily because people in this cult are not allowed to have friendships outside like the congregation that's right. what it seemed like. Because like. they didn't go to – well, okay, some of them went to school. And then, uh-huh. like, the saddest thing in the world to me was when they would go to school and then we would have our holiday party. And they would have to go yeah. stand in the hallway. Yeah. Like, what the shit, man? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I had to do that a lot of times in my uh, elementary school days. Damn, give this um, kid some cake. Just let him have some cake. When I was in kindergarten, yeah. one of my mom, my mom brought in cupcakes when I was in kindergarten – and the Jehovah's Witness girl had to go outside. But then when it was all over, I said, here, you can have a cupcake. It's not for my birthday. Oh. It's just because you're my friend. Oh, you're the <laughs> sweetest. Oh. I was, like, breaking them religious rules early. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, so, like, I mean, I think in elementary school, I still followed those rules because I was like, um, I don't want to die in Armageddon, so I'm going to have to say no to this cupcake. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Uh, but, uh, so is there... Yeah, no, they traumatized me with that, like, terribly. I'm... Like, still afraid of it. Is, <laughs> Not there, is there any, like, first of all, I want to just say this. If only 144,000 people are going to heaven or whatever, then I would get mm-hmm. out of it just because the numbers don't really work for me. Oh, yeah. But no, like, I don't know. I don't, you're like, am I, I really going to be one of them? <laughs> am I, I going to be one of them? Like, <laughs> I could probably I get no to idea. 145. I could probably get to 145, <laughs> but not 144. So, um, is there anything. Like, it's weird to me that people sign up for it in a way, and I know that it's because of, like, belief and the way that they're raised and, and things like that, but, like, it, is they there really any... They really trap in people with the promise of, like, a resurrection of dead loved ones. That's primarily how they get uh, people to join, I guess. Okay. And then once they're in there, it's like, oh, you have to wait until, you know, paradise, sorry. Is and, it... And the... Can I ask you if it's, it's as joyless as it sounds? Like, it seems joyless to me. It seems like a really austere, joyless life to me, I guess, is what I'm wondering. Is there fun parts well, of it? There, the, oh, God. I'm trying to think of anything fun that ever happened in my life. <laughs> With that, and oh. I'm having trouble. No songs? Like, was there any songs? There was always, I guess, the. oh, God, okay. There's a whole songbook released every few years made by the main dudes of the cult. Okay. Like. God? <laughs> no, God no, makes no. a. There's this, thing, 
No, there's this thing called the governing body, which is a bunch of old dudes uh, running the whole thing, I guess. Oh. Interesting. This is yeah. like an oracle situation. This is wild. It's so like, wild that, like, even the Amish have, like, parties and stuff. Like, like they'll they'll be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's the Harvest Festival. Let's drink some, like, oh, apple cider and dance around <laughs> or something. The most, the most like, party-ish things, I guess, were, they were allowed to do was, like, anniversaries. Weddings and graduation parties, and that was pretty much it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'd be trying to graduate so, as often as possible. Do you have a plan? F- <laughs> yeah. So, do you have a plan from here? Um, I don't really know. I guess I'm just okay trying to figure out things because th- that thing left me like super confused. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Well, if you need any sort yeah. of assistance, let us know. Elizabeth knows how to get a hold of us. Uh, but if you yeah. need help yeah. finding stuff, we have we can try to reach out and see what resources. If you need help figuring things out, yeah, I want you to I I want you to succeed. Like I I really like, uh, I I I like, I identify with like leaving your like everything right. and exactly. just being like I I don't want anything to do with this anymore. And like that, like hopefully you have a good. Elizabeth is a great person, by the way. We, oh we, no. We talked to her a lot, so and it just sort of feels like I I, I want this to work out for you really really bad because it, yeah. it because yeah. I don't want you to feel like you have to go back to a situation, especially oh, no. if oh, you're. No. no matter what happens, I'm honestly never going back. I'm never going back. Okay, how Good. was the Greyhound Good. trip though? Because that's the. I'm, you, let you know, me you, ask this. I'm not afraid for you, right? You sound very confident in what you're saying. I. I so you're, there's yeah. no waffling or we're, yeah. I think the thing oh, that no, no. I'm interested in is somebody who's 18 that's been a part of this thing and then getting on a Greyhound bus for like three days or whatever it yeah. takes. Yeah. Like, what was that like? She had never seen a barn or a water tower before. Yeah, can you believe? Hey, wait, I just thought of this. Did you have a phone? I do, I do, I, I do have a phone. So you were, but you, and they didn't, did they look into what you were doing or were you able to look up all kinds of sacrilegious shit? Oh, no, I was able to, I mean, can you believe that my parents didn't know what incognito mode was? Oh, shit. yes. <laughs> they really didn't know. Did you, how oh, did you meet God. Elizabeth? We met online through, I think, uh, no, we just started talking online, didn't we? Yeah. That's I was going to awesome. say if we met through a friend, we really didn't. Yeah, just kind of general, like, gay and leftist circles. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah, well. And, and Go ahead. It all just, I don't know. It all just, I don't know. But all yeah, stuff. I, I mean, you know like, what? my whole. Yeah, you got the rest of your, you got the rest of your life ahead of you right now. Uh, things, oh, yeah. So, and uh, you can just keep moving towards the life that you want without any of that negative shit that, that yeah. you know, you came yeah. up in. And uh, it's hell <laughs> to try to, to make sense of it all. Um, but you eventually yeah. get to the comfortable place. Yeah, and you know, someday you're going to get to try weed, which is really cool. I think. <laughs> oh, actually. Of that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, both of us are like kind of well, not squares, but we just like haven't had the opportunity. Either of us have had the opportunity to try shit. Okay. And, like both of us are not like. I don't know, the, like, at least for me, like, smoking doesn't sound, like, super appealing. Sure. But weed sounds great. <laughs> um, but, like, I have no idea how to acquire it, especially, like, specifically, like, edibles. 
And like, I do feel you, like you would be the guy. Do you live near the LSD teens? I wonder. LSD teens. Let us know if you're near Elizabeth. <laughs> I think they were in Champagne, right? Like, One yeah. of the LSD but, teens moved to Chicago, and I'll bet you if you, the LSD oh. teens are sweet boys, and uh, they. They will probably help you. Hopefully, that if they get a hold of me, I will get them in contact with you. Great. Right, yeah, yeah. You can just send them my Twitter or whatever. Perfect. Well, thanks. do some LSD. Awesome. I mean, you can even you can even try that LSD. That I mean, that's more of a uh, you might want to gain some weed experience yes. before you try the LSD. Uh, yeah. That's like a step way up, but it, they're both fun, right? Yeah. That's you crazy, Elizabeth. I, I do not want to go. Home. <laughs> I, I want to say, because, uh, I mean, this is going to sound like, this is going to sound so ignorant and, like, probably sort of bigoted in a way, too. It's like, I don't ever imagine, like, gay people as squares or, like, trans people or LGBT people. I just always <laughs> think they're the coolest people right. because, like, I mean, they're, I can't imagine, like, that it's a square. Well, they're like, automatic. They, they're outsiders. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't imagine it as square. Like, I know that's – I hope that doesn't – it's, like, not insulting or anything. I just can't – I just no, like, no. don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, like, for both of us, uh, it, it's more like, well, we just haven't been able to. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I mean, I, I don't want to sell it too much, uh, but I did take a lot, lot of psychedelics, and that really washed out a lot of the anger and negativity and weird shit in my brain, mushrooms specifically. Yeah, those helped me too. Those for about two – about two years ago, I did them after like 18 years because I like I had had some bad experiences when I was a teenager and I, tr- I tried it and like uh, it really it changed like my outlook on the world and, and it like got rid of a lot of my anxiety about stuff and it like that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I'm like I'm like not sitting here trying to get you to do tons of drugs, but like just no, yeah, yeah. if you can if you if can like, all interested if you yeah disconnecting from reality a little bit and realizing how small you are is the most helpful thing in the whole world. You know, especially I mean, your parents are getting a hold of you all the time. You've made all these huge life decisions and stuff like yeah. that. Like sometimes it's really important, and I'm not telling you to do drugs now. Just think. Think about like I am small. Like this world is so much bigger than me, and like this yeah. is just one teeny tiny little thing that's happening in the world. This is one teeny tiny little moment in my life, and like yeah. I I can grab a hold of it, and like it seems big, but it's it's not. It's it is big, but it's not going to destroy you. Like nothing is going right. to take you yeah. down. You know, right. I've had yeah. so many times where things happen to me in my life, losing, quitting jobs, losing jobs, moving, uh, you know, being in like about to get my car repoed. And like every one of those times, it was like, this is it. This is the end of the world. Everything's fucked. And then I come out on the other end and like I wasted so yeah. much brain energy worrying yeah. about all these things that weren't even like really that big of a deal. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, chapter. So you got yeah. a new chapter. You're writing it. Uh, I'm really, oh, yeah. really happy to hear that you were able to uh, make that stand. You're a badass. Yeah. I'm going to give you the street fight salute. <laughs> Thanks. And we need to hear more. So if you're around for a while, like definitely call us oh, and yeah. tell us how, give us, give us progress reports. Yeah, us, give us an update. This is, Lovely. this is like very, I mean, anarchist. Like this is one of those things yeah. that's like, uh, 
you know, a lot of people are afraid to break that connection, and it's really powerful mm-hmm. when you do it. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm, I'm proud of you. You can go from now, what? Sorry, I, I think officially now I'm considered an apostate. Oh wow. Yeah, no, really. If we're talking bad about it, right? So you're you're so, in the you're um, on the blacklist. If only my parents could hear me right now. <laughs> well, you left one crazy community of people for another yeah. crazy community of people. So uh, hopefully this one works yeah. out better for you. And and thanks for calling in. I appreciate right. it. Yeah, no, thank you. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Man, Brian left me here all alone uh, using the restroom. I shouldn't tell on him like that. I don't think that's professional. This is uncut podcasting that we do, folks. The hard shit. Uh, let's see who's on the phone here. Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Justin in Iowa. How goes it, Justin? Wait, Justin, Radio Justin? Yeah, it's me, Justin Comer. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to say your name or not. Yeah, how's it going, Brian? Yeah, it's going all right. Uh, how's Brian's piss going? Uh, throaty. It sounds like he's <laughs> about to fill up the bowl. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um. What bring, what uh, what brings you uh, on the the phone tonight? I don't. That's like that's a saying somebody says. <laughs> that sounds right to me. Yeah. Uh, so I heard you guys talking about Toys R Us earlier. Yeah. So I have to confess, uh, it's my fault that they went out of business. You did it. Yeah, I ruined them. That's dis- how do you do it? What was your devious plot? <laughs> All right. So you know how there are two Animal Crossing games for 3DS. I don't know that, but now I do. All right. Well, there's two different games, and uh, they're having a sale on one of them on their website. Okay. And I I wanted to buy it, so I ordered it, but they sent me the wrong one. And then when I told them, hey, you guys sent me the wrong one, they were like, oh, we'll we'll get the right one out to you. They sent me another package with the wrong game, so I had two of them now. Right. I called them again. I was like, hey, this is still the wrong one. And uh, they were like, oh, I, I don't know what the problem is. So they sent out another. And again, they sent the wrong game. Oh, my God. They need to update that pick location or something. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. The warehouse, I guess, had them mixed up. So I told them again. They were like, okay, we're not going to be able to fill this order, I guess. So they just refunded my money. Wow. And I had I had three copies of this game. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like bad business. That might have been what did it. If they were doing that all day long, I could see that definitely sending sending them uh, out of business. Yeah, I took them down, I guess. Well, fuck you, dude, because we really like to go to that place, and that giraffe was a big part of my birthdays and Christmases. <laughs> I have good memories of them, too. I met Sonic the Hedgehog there when I was a kid. <laughs> That's awesome. My, my daughter... It's that's crazy when you have kids too because you're sitting there looking at a fucking guy or gal in a fleece suit and you're like, how can they like this? And then they're like losing their fucking minds. Yeah. Like they're like grabbing their face like, oh my, it's it's a chase from Paw Patrol. Oh my god, he's really here. I was Chuck E. Cheese who doesn't even have cartoons or anything, and kids freaked out to see me like I was a celebrity. Yeah, I mean you don't. They don't even do anything fun. 
Yeah. They just sit they just stand there awkwardly while like two employees in polo shirts just hold on to their back. <laughs> you can't do anything fun. No, you no, you're like it's impossible. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do in in one of those suits. They need to get those mascot ones like the basketball players. Like where they do the dunk contest. Those look real. Those, masca- those don't look real though. They they look silly, you know, because it's just a guy in regular clothes with a big head. Right. <laughs> it looks like, I like NBA that. Jam big head mode. It's like Minotaurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Toys R Us a little bit. I mean, I used to like going in there. They had a bunch of stuff. Me and my wife had the best time Christmas shopping there because you could just pick shit. It was so great to pick shit up. It's just like we were talking about with the DVDs. I really yeah. like picking stuff up. Yeah, you were your kid loves toys. Like I didn't even have a to- like the only time I ever took my daughter to uh my daughter got a Toys R Us gift card and I took her to go there to to get her toy and she got a Snuggie. Like it was the worst toy I've ever seen. Like it wasn't even a to- well, I no, not really. It's made out of like the worst fabric yeah, that ever is made. <laughs> plastic, no real fibers. Yeah. So Yeah, I would like to go there. Go hide in one of those scary ass buildings, man. Now they're just big building. Well, they're probably all Halloween stores now. Yes, <laughs> that's what. That's the life cycle of a big box store. Open, busy, less busy, less busy. Bought by a uh, bought by a venture capital firm. Closed. Halloween store. Halloween store. Spirit yeah. Halloween. Yeah. All right. I think we. I don't think the caller's here anymore. You still there? I'm here. I'm oh, I thought you were. I, I, I either you were being a really good listener, or you were gone. I didn't know. So what? what uh, I have, go ahead. Uh, I have bad news. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, uh, Charles Starr has tweeted that Mike Dicta is officially dead. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it, that. It was it was dead. That's really sad. I really like Charles. Uh, and Mike Dick Mike Dicta was a good show. It was a nice little thing to have around. You know what I can say though? Charles will definitely be on Street Fight again. He's a sweet guy and he, he actually uh he gave me advice on a recent thing that happened with the show that was pretty helpful. So Yeah, and more Patreon bucks for the rest of us. Yeah, now. they didn't do Patreon. They were never Oh, I thought they were on Patreon. No, they were never gonna do Patreon because they're lawyers and they don't oh. <laughs> they really need the money. They were just doing it because it was fun. That's sad. It was a fun show. It was a fun little show, but you know, they podcasts are hard to keep going sometimes. I guess I don't know. Yeah, there's really what it was not nice a show like people who knew shit. Yes, like about the law. Hey, hey, don't come on our show and start bad mouthing us. <laughs> we know stuff about the law. Like we, what? What's some of the things we know about the law? Like, barefoot is legal. Barefoot is legal. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> we know about maritime law because we're both sovereign citizens. I know that in Virginia, if you get caught with weed, it'll cost like nine hundred dollars to get rid of it. Yeah, you you guys have learned about the law the hard way. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, learning about the law from Mike Ditka was probably the best way. I'm sure Charles will do more stuff at some point, and the other people will probably do more stuff, too. I've already talked to Steph and VC, and I'm pretty sure they're going to, I don't know, they'll they'll figure something out. You know, there were a lot of them, and generally when there's a lot of people working on the same thing together, it's hard to, 
it's it's hard to keep it going. It just you know people have different ideas of what they want to do and and like I I've seen I mean these podcasts where it's like a collective of people who who kind of rotate shows. I mean I I don't know how I would make that work. You know I I there needs to be somebody that there needs to be clearly defined roles and there need for me it, it, in order to do street fight. There's like clearly defined roles and there's you know chemistry and we know what each other are thinking and like i couldn't imagine doing it with different people every week so i it sucks well no street yeah, fighters yeah. but it sucks that it, i wish there was a way to make shows like that because i would definitely like i i've thought like i've toyed with the idea of like a collective sort of wrestling podcast a few times but like i just can't even figure out how to get it off the ground without like if it's my kind of idea then that means I'm responsible for it. And I don't, I don't want to be responsible for it. You know, like if somebody else wanted to do it and do a lot of the stuff, but then they became the lead, they become sort of the leader and it becomes their vision. And like, I just, a lot of it seems like it seems hard to do that sort of thing. And, uh, I wish it would have worked, but this shit happens. It's not like we need a method for non hierarchical podcasting. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's just not. Well, I mean, we do a non-hierarchical show, but it's just two, two guys. Yeah, so that's kind of easier to do. <laughs> two people that have like a working understanding of what each person can do like, is easy. But once it starts to be like five or six, it's like, uh, and you know, I think one of the things is like there's the more people, the more they want to get on the air and the more they want to do their stuff and. It's just, I don't think it works. I I hate to be the type of person that says a co-op situation doesn't work, but I really don't think it works, you know, in this case. And and I think it could work for an improv group, for a, for a comedy thing, for any of that stuff. But, I mean, there has to be structure to these, to podcasts, and that's, that kind of, that makes it hard to create that. And it makes it hard for everybody to know what their role is and what they do, you know? Yeah, it sounds like uh, you might make people mad with that opinion. <laughs> yeah, he's you're really uh, dishing some gossip. What? <laughs> Not that I what was the gossip? Did I say some gossip? I don't know. You just talked shit no, about no, that podcast. No, I'm, I'm talking not. about other podcasts. Like, I'm just talking about the idea of, like, I'm talking about, like, that collective idea. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this is, like, six people. Because Mike Ditka was two was was different people almost every week and it was like a group a rotating group of people who did a podcast and i i feel like that seems like a really hard thing to do and i, I they they did it well it was a it was a really fucking good podcast but i like when it's you know they charles said it's dead then like i assume it's dead because of some sort of understanding about how things work you know yeah. what i mean like i don't have any idea what happened nobody people don't just dm me as soon as their podcast goes over <laughs> and it's like here's why it's just what i what i would think and like the discourse collective was a show like that too that was sort of a collective and i i i in my opinion think that seems very hard to do you yeah. know i'm not trying to like denigrate anybody that's trying it it just for me it seems hard to do you know yeah yeah 
Yeah, for sure. It's just funny to hear you say things need structure like that. (laughs) No. Well, it's because, like, if you don't – like, Brent knows. Like, if we came into these shows every week with just no idea of what we were going to do, which we used to do, they were – I mean, pretty rambly, right? Do you remember when the show was, like, super just us kind of just – we didn't talk about what we were going to do. We didn't have news stories. We didn't have any kind of idea what we were going to talk about. And we just cracked the mics. You tend to just start like rambling or yeah. like, or, or like ranting or like going on these long, like tirades and stuff like that. And it, and that was what convinced me that this show needed to be, cause I didn't want it to have structure, you know, but then it just felt like this, this show got better when there were well-defined roles. We know who we are and we know what each other are doing, you know? And, uh, that seems hard to do when there's a lot more people. Like, I don't know how the Chapo guys fucking do it, you know, with, with four people, four or five people, you know? Well, yeah. other than well, you guys have have... great chemistry, you know what I mean? Like it works that worked, but yeah, I, I don't know. But we, this show has structure no matter how much it seems like it does. not <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. You're always bringing in those stories. That's me. You guys have a master craft. Yeah, yeah. We have great radio voices, too. Somebody told me that this week, and it just felt good. Because one person a couple weeks ago said that us and Chapo, how are we successful? Because we all have bad radio voices. And I was like, dang, man, I always thought I had a good radio voice. And then somebody unprompted said I had a good radio voice yesterday, and I was like, I'm going to choose to believe this now. <laughs> I think what makes a good radio voice when you're in, like, a group setting is that you need, like, a distinct voice, which you certainly have. Yeah. Well, I have a loud one, too. I have, like, that whole speak from the diaphragm thing. Like, people are always telling me I'm too loud, which I think means decent at radio, I guess. Radio is hard. It's just the yeah. goofiest thing to do. Well, thanks for calling. I hope I don't. I hope I didn't piss anybody off there. I wasn't like that. That wasn't no, my I intention. I was trying. No, to, I, don't, I don't think you were talking shit. I just mean you don't. You don't sound very anarchist when you're talking about structure and clearly defined roles. Well, now see, I have to do this. Actually, anarchy isn't a lack of structure. It's a lack of hierarchy. Like, I used to have to say that all the time, but now right. I'm just like, fuck it. Anarchy means throwing bottles through windows. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Good to, good to talk to you. Have a good evening. Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, that is how things get done. Nobody makes any sort of progress with anything they want to do by just half-assedly picking it up when they feel like, you know. You need to have a set schedule. You need to have a routine, and you need to make it, like, a part of your life. Yeah, and well-defined roles also mean, like, you just know what everybody's doing. Right. Like, I'm not even trying to say, like... Like, my my opinion isn't that, like, you know, somebody has to be the leader because I don't – neither one of us are the leader of this show. You know what I mean? But I know what I do and you know what you do. Yeah. And, like, that's important that we do what we know that we do. 
You know, like it's important. Like if you just all of a sudden come on and I'm like, no, I'm going to do what you do today. Right, right. <laughs> or if you decided you weren't going to, or if you just basically decided I'm not going to do what I do this week, I'm going to try something new. Yeah. Then what am I supposed to do? And then it becomes like a, 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 a mess. And, or if there was like this idea that like, like just say there was like an idea that you were like, no, I'm the leader of the show. I'm the main guy. And it's like, well, what about me? Like, I also like, you know what I'm saying? Like we work like, like it's so easy with two people though, to just be like, yeah, we're just two guys. We just yeah, <laughs> we like do what we do. I don't know what the I I I would I we used to do a podcast with four people, and I found that to be very difficult. Right. Well, yeah, that's yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, like you know, you do like if you sign up for third shows, it's mostly Brian doing third shows. But if you want the Street Fighter Raider to be financially stable, it's me digging in the spreadsheets every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, exactly. What? Well, yeah. There's like. That is actually true. It's like Brett does a ton of stuff. I do like face of the, I mean, it's so weird going behind like the curtain in a weird way or talking about it, but it's like, I am basically like the face of the thing. And like, you know, like the public sort of face of the thing, but you're the one that everything runs because of you. Everything like the whole thing runs because of you. Like the reason I'm able to just be kind of a mascot sort of weird thing, you know what I mean? For yeah. the third shows is that you do all the other stuff or like this show, just the, what Brett does at the beginning of the show every week, right? Like the, the, the announcing or at the end of the show, when I'm not doing things that to me is one of the most important parts of any show because i think that like all shows that are good does it the same way every single week struggle session every week leslie lee comes in and opens it the same way every week and has it set up uh chapo will comes in every week and sets the table and sets up the show every week you come on the air and you set the table and you get everything ready to go and then, you know, kind of throw it to me. And like that is uh, that's how I think like that's th th there's a reason that these shows work because everybody knows what they're supposed to do, what their idea of, of yeah. what they're supposed to do is. And I think like I, I think when you're a collective doing a show that to me would feel like people don't know what they're do you do you understand what i'm saying like if you're a collective that like who who knows what they're supposed to be doing who's the who is in charge of what what's happening and and with the added layer of like not having a patreon not having business work paperwork not having uh yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like no, they not what's having the motivation. Yeah. Well, and not having that stuff means that nobody's doing that stuff. So everybody is sort of like, like to me, it feels like everybody's sort of like a glob of like, I do this sometimes, and I do this, and and who's the leader? And and like uh, that's what I think. Or just put out. You just wait until the next fire comes up and try to put it out. Right. Hey, we we haven't had a show in a week. Someone needs to do one today. Yes. Yeah, I just I, I I would find that hard. But I mean I'm still like dreaming of that wrestling podcast to this day. 
Like, I still dream of, like, just doing a fucking wrestling podcast that I just have to do every three weeks instead of every week. Yeah. That's basically why the collective idea is so appealing to me, is I want a podcast that I do every three weeks instead of a podcast I have to do, like, set up and decide what to talk about and do every week. Right. You know? Right. Let's get on the I want to talk here. wrestling. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Chase in L.A. What is up, Chase? How's it going? Uh, it's going uh, pretty well. I wanted to call in because uh, last week you were talking about uh, landlords, and I got a landlord story. Hell yeah. Right. This is a new thing because somebody pointed out that Brett and I have been ignoring one of the worst types of people in the world, landlords. So uh, the person that pointed that out was 100% correct. And we should be oh, yeah. hitting landlords more, especially like, you know, the theme of Street Fight is like real life and, and stuff like that. It's kind of like we sh <laughs> like that is like one of the main shittiest things about real life. <laughs> so uh, what's your landlord story? So um, for most of high school, uh, you know, I lived, yeah, like all my teen years, I was. Hello? Oh, no, you're cutting out. Did you scally on me? Am I going to have to vamp, as they say? No. Oh, oh, hey, okay. Okay, most of your teen... It, right. it cut out after you said most of your teen years. Okay, sorry. So, yeah, um... So, yeah, we lived in this one place, uh, rented it out. And, like, we never saw the landlord, like, barely any communication with them. And then, uh... One year we were getting up to, uh, it was time to renew the contract for the lease. And so then they're just like, uh, yeah, you're not living here after, you know, you know, at the end of the month or whatever. So you have 30 days basically. So your landlord, yeah. you get, you get to the end of your lease and you're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and, uh, sign. We're, we're going to just do what we do every year. The landlord brings us the lease. We sign it and then. We move on, and the landlord says, "Not, not this year. You're, you're definitely not going to do that." Yep. Did they give a reason? They did not. They gave like zero reason at all. They're just like, "Yeah, you're not going to be here in a month." Is so, that, um, is that legal? Is the law thirty days? I think it is. I think because yeah, like, yeah. They, it's like kind if they say not, if they give you ninety days, like a lot of lawyers, a lot of landlords would probably decent human beings that are landlords would probably give you ninety yeah. days. But well, I believe where I was in Virginia, I mean, they made them do it in sixty days. They okay. were it wasn't because they were being kind; it's because they made them do it. Okay. Yeah, I forget the exact timeline. It might may have been two months, may have been one, but that's not the main thing here. Sure, sure, I wasn't. Um. Yeah. So. Basically, what we talked with the landlord, and you know, there's the whole to get your security deposit back. They check everything in the in the uh, house and oh make God. sure it's all up to snuff. Right. And how long had you lived there? Yeah. I, I you said at the beginning, but I, I can't remember now because like it was it was maybe six or seven years. Okay. Wow. Th th here's the deal. That can can I just say this? Can I just say this? The whole deposit thing after six or seven years, they should just give it back to you. They're they. <laughs> Get out of here with this. You're going to yeah, come like, in and go yeah. over everything. It's like, sorry I lived here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, so, what we do is 
um, my parents figured out and you do like the pre walkthrough. So before the actual, like, here's what the deal is with the security deposit, just like a quick, like they looked through the house and said, okay, you need, you know, like we'll deduct for this and this and this. And then, you know, we fixed it. Okay. And it's all good by the time the deposit happens. So we, you know, go through everything and, uh, fix it and um we get it we get the uh and then so then after we've moved we get the uh whole description of what's going down with the security deposit and there's a bunch of stuff on oh no we lost hello hello we lost them again cell phones these satellites. Wow. What happened? Okay. So, right after you said the deposit, when you got all this, it cut out there for a minute. So what happened with the security deposit? Um, so, so yeah, we didn't get as much back as we thought we would on that initial statement. So then we send, send a letter back, you know, saying like, Hey, we, there's, some problems here, you know, with XX and Y and all that. So then, uh, after a bit, we get a letter back from the old landlord, and what they're sa- they're saying is, yeah, actually, those things aren't wrong. And furthermore, we were being nice to you. So, um, yeah, if you keep trying to get your money back, we're gonna try and get like an extra 200 bucks from you guys whoa fucking landlords dude they will do that too they that is like a black that's called black belt negotiating when somebody's like i think you owe me this money and they're like actually you owe me money and you're like oh okay well (laughs) (laughs) like i guess you got the point there (laughs) what did you end up like just dropping it or did you go for it yeah there there was debate on whether or not we should actually like we talked to like a lawyer friend who said, "Yeah, you probably have a decent small claims case and all that." And um, but yeah, it was decided that it would be probably best to just drop it yeah. time wise and money wise. So yeah, because it was like almost no money. Was it like two or three? How much money was it that you were trying to get back? Um, we were trying to we were just trying to get back a couple hundred dollars and just give them the money what i'm saying yeah, you so should, they like, should just give it to you what's the goddamn reason to like like why even like uh, the landlords are terrible because they will take the grief right like yeah. this guy this oh, landlord yeah. was willing to just be like oh this person wants his 300 fucking dollars well guess what I'm not giving it to him. And it's like, you could just give it to him. Just give him $300. It doesn't even hurt you. It doesn't come out of your regular account. It comes out of your business. Uh, so did was there things that they told you to fix that you did and they didn't give you credit for? Uh, yeah, like, um, they, like, are, uh, like, sliding mirror closet doors that like had like a small crack in them that we we went out and found went to home depot found you know the exact same uh closet doors as there was before and all that and installed them see and 
we knew the exact cost of that, you know, obviously because we bought them and replaced them. And then, you know, the invoice comes in and they're like, yeah, we're going to replace those with like really nice ones with like frosted glass that'll cost like three times as much as the ones you already replaced and we're going to charge you for it. Dang your fault, man. And here's the thing, like that deposit shit, like if you live somewhere for six years, you know, or seven years, I really think like you should just get the damn deposit back. You lived there unless you were a hoarder. Unless you were a hoarder in that house, or if you were like a hot couch guy house, you know, like if you were like the, (laughs) the, you know, like if you were just a messy, disgusting person, but like most people, uh, like most people that live in a place for six months, there's going to be wear and tear on a house. Like I've lived at my, or six years, I've lived at my place for like 10, I think. And there's just. I mean, there's, like, little things that are bad. The landlord hasn't ever come in and fixed them. And, like, I don't think I should be responsible for those. Yeah. A person, a human lived in a house for 10 years. Yeah, screen doors do break. Yeah. Mine are broke. My, the screens in all my doors are broke. Yeah. Just from regular life. It's just, it's so weird how they, like, are allowed to, like, they, like, the, like, the idea is that you're supposed to... The idea is that you're supposed to live in this house and then leave it the way that it was when you got in it. But then, like, it's like, what even is this then? What yeah. is this? Like, what is this? Yeah. Things erode. The paint the paint goes out of style. The carpet gets disgusting. That's that's just a part of renting. That's just a part of the deal here. It's a part of living. Right. It's a, like a human. Like, shit is going to happen. You can't, imagine, you can't restore it to that condition ever. That's not – that's like a – that's like against the laws of physics. Yeah. It, yeah, like it doesn't carpet ma- is supposed to be the carpet is supposed to be replaced like every 10 years legally. Right. Even at least, you know, where I was, I don't know about Columbus. That's my landlord. <laughs> well, and then the and the other the other ridiculous <laughs> thing is they um they put the cheapest goddamn shit in some of these apartments too, where it's not even things oh, that yeah. are meant to last. It's like the tracks on those motherfucking sliding glass doors are the cheapest ones you can find, and that shit will never be on the track. The wall, the 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 paint on the yeah. walls, a yeah. lot of times it's like just never been painted, and it just chips off. And they're like these walls. I mean, what's going on with? Or like, uh, I know a lot of people who would put toothpaste in the poster holes in the wall, and it's like, dude. I'm just hanging stuff, man. I should be allowed to hang stuff here, right? I don't have to have bare walls, do I? Is that part of the deal? Like, it really feels like the way that it's set up is... The way that it's set up is that that landlord is allowed to just charge you rent for living there and then take your deposit for for living there. Like, because you live there. I don't do anything crazy in my... They should... I mean, if they need money to clean it up, they should just fucking keep it and they should stop... The bullshit thing is that they always act like they're going to give it back and they do not. And I know people that have had to go to court to get their deposits back and they're... I... I left and they said I owe them like as much money as the fucking deposit is, you know? So it's like, I'm still ran out on that bill from DC because it's like... You didn't get your deposit back in DC? No. See, I was... Listen, I was in Brett's apartment in DC multiple times. Nothing was wrong with that place. Like that living in could have caused you didn't have like holes in the wall or cigarette burns in the carpet or anything. No, it was probably... It was our cleanest place. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's wild. Like, why do you owe them? Can I ask? Like, I, I don't want to like you to have to get into personal shit. But what do they say they owe that you owe them? Well, I didn't pay a last month's rent thing because oh. they made me stay. <laughs> they they like wouldn't let me get out of my contract early. They made us pay for like thirteen extra days. Okay. They said I owed like a half month's rent, and I was like, "Well, just take the security deposit then and pay that." And they're like, "We can't credit you for that because yada yada yada." So they gave me no credit for my security deposit, and then still say I owe. Like a security deposit's worth the fucking bills to him. You should have said, mail me the security deposit, like and I'll mail it back. That's what the deposit's yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, that's the security. The security of knowing that if someone like me fucking leaves town with 14 days of rent unpaid, <laughs> you got it already. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. But you're right. That is what a security... That's the whole idea <laughs> behind a security deposit. And, and you're also... Brett is has the best point and i don't want to start giving away like like rights or whatever that is but if you're not gonna give security deposits back just call it a cleaning fee call and it just a, take it yeah. you know just, just say yeah. it's like an acquirement fee just charge it charge me like it's a fucking lease yeah like when you give all that money at a lease yeah they but, don't tell you're gonna yeah, get it back these landlords are probably counting it as money that they already have they're oh, not oh, counting it as oh here's someone else's money i'm just holding on to oh yeah absolutely it's, no here's money in my pocket that's already spent and they just have to figure out a way to strong arm you out of it it's like we can go you know, do the paperwork route we can do directly threatening route like we can let them take us all the way to court but nobody can fucking afford to that do that or will do that for three hundred and fifty dollars, you yeah. know, and expert renters, yeah. Like, there's not a ton of super expert renters. No, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people rent and then go do buy. Yeah, you know. So, like, a lot of people that are renting are young. Like, I'm on the really old end of people who rent. You know? Sure. <laughs> and it's like, uh, so I got to have a lot of experience and and like renting. But like, a lot of the people they're ripping off are just people in their twenties. Yeah, or, like late like 18 yeah. 19 and in their 20s and they're just like yeah just give a security deposit we'll give it back when you move out and there ain't no way they're giving you that thing back there's just like uh, i've gotten one security deposit back and i it was a fucking miracle that i got it like i when they handed it <laughs> when they gate when when i got that security b- deposit in the mail the full thing i like almost cried because i was just like wow i whoa really right. dude it just didn't even like once i paid it it was gone to me Mm -hmm. i just assumed it was gone i've actually gotten two security deposits back wow one of them in an apartment that i smoked in that's (laughs) surprising holy moly (laughs) yeah i don't know but i mean like also like at those times i was a nightmare resident and they were probably so happy to be rid of me you know because just paying rent two months late and like smoking in the apartment and throwing these like enormous loud parties and stuff. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's, you know, just as soon as you're gone, they're like, sure, here, have 500, have your $500 back. Don't just come back. never come back. Here. Don't come back. <laughs> well, well, hey, thanks for, thanks for calling in. We're going to hit our break now. Brett, do you have music to play tonight? All right. I could get some music to play. Brett, play some music. I don't minute. have my phone's updating right now. I'll give you a minute. I'll vamp, as they say, which I was just saying a few minutes ago. It's my new word, vamping. Really? What yeah. do you mean? Oh, you know, just like, hey, everybody, I'm killing time, you know? Just vamping? Vamping. I'm just vamping. Is that an established thing? or? Is... I think that's a word, yeah. It's not like vampire. It is October, so it could be. Vamping. I'm vamping. Here, I'll get you the definition of vamping while you find us some tunage. 
Oh, where's that music that I was going to play? Yeah, where's that goddamn music? Did I play it last week? Did I play something off Bandcamp? Oh, vamping is not... You know what vamping... No, you didn't. You didn't play anything last week. I played uh, Vaporwave. Uh, here it is, Brett. Repeat. Vamping is actually a music thing. So I am sort of wrong. But it's like vamping is when like a rapper or like... like let's say like a, a jam band is on stage and they keep playing like the same riff over and over again and then try uh, while they that. figure out what's coming next uh-huh. you know that's vamping like it's like i'm just out here like i'm gonna play the same riff and then like somebody else yeah, will be like hey mate you gonna go take a piss <laughs> go get on with it then <laughs> yeah they'll be up there vamping they're like playing the same part over and over yeah. again and then somebody on the other side of the stage is like and they're like "Ooh, i like that let's go with that and then they start doing the actual jam Got it. vamping. Love it. Two guys that don't listen to jam bands at all. <laughs> Just talking about what happens on stage. Never been to a concert. <laughs> all right. So this comes from a Street Fight listener. If you make music and uh, you want to send it in, feel free. Streetfightradio at gmail.com or go to streetfightradio.com where you can find our email address. Uh, this is the album Even in Dreams by Little Star. I'm going to play a few of them here. I uh, hope you enjoy it. We're Street Fight. We'll be back. Oh, geez. Come on. There it is. There it is. You're going to hear uh, Facebook notifications the whole time, too, apparently.
Street Fighters, thanks for tuning in. That was a little star out of Portland, Oregon. It says here they're playing in Bloomington, Indiana on October 19th. So if you want to go check them out, that's a Street Fighter there making music. Uh, support them. Head over to little-star.bandcamp.com to get yourself a copy of that album. <clears throat> thanks for sending it in, Dan. Uh, we are Street Fight Radio. Number one anarcho-comedy radio show in any station across the nation. We do it the best. We do it on WCRS here in Columbus, Ohio, from the Free Press Studios. We are a part of the Pacifica Radio Network. You can get us locally 92.7 or 98.3 on the radio dial. Add it. You never know what you're going to hear. I recommend checking in all day long. You can even get it on the TuneIn radio app. Lots of different ways. WCRSFM.org. You can live stream the show on Sundays and... Head over to the programs area, click on Street Fight. We've got the largest archive of Street Fight shows there on the WCRS page. We are thankful they let us use their phone system here so we can take your calls. That first one, the Jehovah's Witness one, that was a dope call. That's great. That energized me for the whole night. Yeah, makes me feel good to get calls like that. That's like one of those things where it's like you decide you're going to do a call-in show and you're like, what kind of uh, what kind of calls are we going to get? And then something like that happens. You're like, hell yeah. Thank yeah. you, Elizabeth, for uh, bringing that to the show. Yes, absolutely. Let's see who's on the phone here next. Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, it's Ben from the Bronx. What is up? How's the Bronx? It's great. Um, I got a story to tell about a small business pirate, but first I want to say... Uh, I had a very similar experience to Elizabeth's friend. I was raised like um, Baptist extremist, and one time I told my parents I like dick every now and again, <laughs> and they demanded to see all of my uh, HIV tests. 
Oh, so, no. You know, stay on that phone plan for a couple months, you know, buy a pack of cigarettes, go see the LSD teens, you know, <laughs> buy some drugs, fuck whoever you want, but get out of there as soon as you can, and then they have to come crawling back. So is it, are you cool uh, with your, are you cool with your family now? I wish I was closer with them, but, you know, they had fucked up childhoods too, so, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think, you, you know, like, I just, I'll say this too. I Like, I, I do think that sometimes you're like, you know, my parents are shitheads and, and like, I don't like a lot of the things they did. But then, like, you think about, like, probably what their childhood was like and you're like, oh, they didn't know what to do. You know? <laughs> oh, physical and sexual abuse all around. And that's why they went to, like, the religious part of it. You know, it happens. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, my uh, dad, uh, my dad, like, um his dad was always like kind of disappointed in him because he decided to go into computers in like the early eighties. He decided to go into computer programming and my, I don't know what my, I don't know what my grandpa wanted him to do. And like, I always think about that when my dad's like, Oh, you got some reputation out there. Jeez. Like what kind of shit are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I mean, okay. Yeah. And now that's the big deal job, right? Like everybody wants to be a computer programmer. I, yeah, it is weird. Like, it, it's it's odd to think that there was a period of time where you could go into computer programming and so your dad would be disappointed in you because, like, right. like, uh, you, you, like it, it, most people, if they went into computer programming, their dad would, like, be the happiest person in the world. Like, well, great, now you're going to make a billion zillion dollars a year and live in Silicon Valley. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you're going to work for Google or whatever. But um, the story I want to tell is about a small business tyrant. And, uh, Brian, you've mentioned um, Brick Oven Pizza as the big deal, like, uh, you know, small business tyrant. It's story. over now, though. It's it, I got to tell you, though, a Brick Oven Pizza seems done and been replaced by Poke Bowls. There's no yeah, way. this is like six or seven years ago. Okay. And I'm going to name names because they're all fucking called Bricks with an X. And I worked at Bricks with an X. <laughs> How many are there? Can I ask you, like, because, like, that's the thing. When that shit went off, when that shit went crazy, it was like, you could go you could go to some strip balls and there'd be two brick oven pizza places. <laughs> well, I Googled it before I called, and um, I don't, you know, I live far, like, kind of far from my hometown now, and there's, you know, several within walking train distance from me now. But, you know, I worked at Bricks with an X. And the uh, owner of it was, like, a cool guy, history teachers that, like, uh, had tattoos and Ramones t-shirts. So everybody was, like, really excited about it. It was, like, at the beginning of it. And uh, my hometown is one of those ones. Oh, God. It's funny because when you get the cool rock and roll boss, it is, like, kind of you're like, oh, good. Okay, this thing's going to be laid back. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, because, like, we even just did – we just covered Family Dollar for Undercover Boss. Like, the last Undercover Boss episode we did commentary for, the guy was, like, a rocker dude, but it's, like... Wannabe. The wrong kind. He was the wrong kind, though. He He was was a completely buttoned-up COO that dreamed of being in, like, a rock band. But, like, a blues rock sort of thing. He wasn't, like, Like a Ramones guy. trick cover band. Was it, can I ask, because there's two kinds of Ramones guys. There's, like, legit, like, Ramones guys that wear, like, dirty black jeans all the time and a Ramones shirt. And then there's buys his Ramones shirts at Cole's guy. Which which do you think he was? Um, he had a friend. The other guy in his band was, like, had the long hair and went by Bobcat. 
and like had the old dirty Ramones t-shirt and he was buying that cold. Okay, okay. Okay. So he was faking the funk a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So everybody's excited right. because they're like, well, we have this punk rock boss. This it's is like, probably pretty fucking awesome, huh? Punk, punk rock boss still wants you to punch a clock. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like uh, my hometown went broke after NAFTA when the typewriter factory moved out. So it's Damn. like a really Bruce Springsteen kind of vibe, you know? Well, sure. they went broke um, also because people don't use typewriters anymore. <laughs> well, sure. It's, uh, there's still a factory in Mexico for them. Um, wow. I'm naming some real names here, I think. Um, but um, I was a delivery driver and had to drive around one of those like stupid fucking boxy cars. They're like Scions or something. Uh, with like dumbass pizza decals all over it. Okay. And when I got when I got back to the shop, um, they looked at the uh, odometer to see how many miles I had driven. Wow. And they charged me for gas and wear and tear on the car. No way. No, they can't. That is in, yeah. that is because that is like outrageous. In, were they, what the fuck? Were they grief giving you grief for too many miles too? Like you didn't drive the most efficient way to get there. <laughs> oh sure, and it was always like to the trailer park, which you know, there's no map. It was like pre Google Maps or whatever. Oh yeah, you can't just like. Oh yeah, it's, it's a nightmare to drive through there. When I was a cable guy, I used to have to install cable and and trailer parks and a lot of times it would just be like 143k and you're like okay where the where's k like the streets are named after letters how do i get there right (laughs) yeah yeah you're like so k should be two blocks down and then k is like five blocks away in a cul-de-sac or something there's trailer parks and And they uh, never answer the phone did they not answer the phone when you show not to like shit on people that live in trailer parks or whatever but they're not phone answerers i mean most people didn't answer phones when i would call ahead except for like the only people that really answer the phones are people in rich neighborhoods because they ain't getting bad news calls i think like yeah right it's not bill collectors so an unrecognized number comes through and they're like oh this could be an interesting conversation opportunity and like answer it it's not discover card <laughs> right. or something <laughs> so beyond that like there was another com- uh, company policy where if you got a tip over ten dollars you had to call them back and make sure that's what they wanted what? to give you oh man what when, so did, was to, that like, big like go ahead was that a early was that like when you first started there that was what they said or did somebody tip real well and they were like you better call them back and then it became a, a policy <laughs> sure where there was like this really drunk business guy at like a holiday inn they got like some kind of you know lasagna or whatever and gave me a 20 yeah and i was like oh big deal like pay like it's payday and they're like no no you got to call him back man me and brett tip like that when we're out of town like like we tip like crazy when we're out of town like it's not and and like it's it's i don't think that's that rare because you're out there playing with the house money you know what i mean (laughs) like if you're company card you're given a 40 percent tip every time yeah yeah i I think like i bought two slices of pizza and tipped ten dollars the last time we were out of town and it was just because it was, it's like, mm-hmm, you know, this ain't coming out of my bank account. <laughs> and the little pizza guy, that's his third delivery of the day, and that's like half his money for the night. Well, and they're charging you for I, – I really can't get over this. So did, did they pay you well enough to like to cover it? I, I've never even heard of this scheme before where you're responsible, especially if they're providing it. Like, I know that regular pizza delivery people have to drive their own car, and they get credited for gas and miles sometimes. 
but I couldn't imagine right. charging somebody to use the fucking company vehicle. Well, uh, on top of that, it too. Says bricks with an X all over the car. <laughs> <laughs> bricks, bricks. On top of that, like, I can't even, like, I can't even figure out how they justify it unless they're paying you, like, a really, like, if they're paying, like, a lot of times with places without tips, they'll pay you, like, 15 or $13 an hour. Some, something more than what you would normally make as a delivery driver. Were they doing that, at least? Like, paying you a little more? Hell no. It was, like, 2008 at the beginning of, the, you know, the brick oven pizza, you know, sort of uh, phenomenon. So, I think it was, like, six or seven, but, like, whatever New York State, like, minimum oh, wage bricks. was. Oh, bricks. Bricks is a real bass. Is, is bricks still open? Yeah. He said it Hell was. yeah, dude. Go I go in there all the time because the owner buys me free drinks. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> now you're like, oh, you're fine with me now. I, just, the, right, I, right. I can't believe he, I, I, I just, I don't know how like they can justify charging you for, cause it feels like if you're driving for a pizza shop, then like you might some nights drive and make zero money if you're paying for the gas and mileage. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you lose money. Yeah, yeah, you can lose money at work. You could, like, get up, spend your whole night at work, and then at the end of the night have less money than you started out with. Damn. And I was going to community college at the time, so my uh, my shift was 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. four days uh, a week. Oof. Oh, and oof. nobody's ordering pizza, you know what I mean? It's weird that and brick uh, oven pizzas time... don't usually deliver either, though, I thought. I thought part of the reason for brick oven was that you're it's right like there and it's on hot. Demand. Yeah. You know, I've made some bad choices in my life, you know, like taking this job and <laughs> Yeah, that I mean it seems like I mean, but you know what though? I've been in your situation at times too where like I drove for Lyft when Street Fight when I decided that Street Fight was my job. I decided, yeah. okay, well, Street Fight's my primary job and I'm going to be a comedian for a living, but I don't have enough money to do that right now, so I'm going to drive for Lyft, which is a total rip-off yeah. job. That job is such a rip-off, but it's like if you're bringing in money, it's just hard to like it's hard to turn down something if you're even bringing in a little money, you know? And that's the deal with people going to school or people trying to, you know, start a comedy career or whatever, you know, you got to take these shit jobs that have the you know, supposedly open. Uh, the last, like, bullshit thing they did was, like, one time I worked a double, like, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. shift, and then there was a company meeting at, like, 10 o'clock, and they yelled at me afterwards because I didn't stick around to clean up when no. they didn't tell me that that was part of the thing I had yeah. to do. What kind of a company so meeting like, do you need at a pizza st- shop? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of a meeting do you really need for like running a pizza It was shop. right when it first opened and they were trying to justify why we didn't get breaks. Like when you they said every time you lean on a counter that counts as part of your break. No way. Oh, no way. <laughs> I've never heard of that. So they I don't just, think the Ramones would do that. <laughs> Dude, the Ramones shirt standing next to you at the stop clock. I'm like that's a minute off your break. You look like you were really relaxed there. <laughs> yeah. I got real relaxed Oh, and they yelled at me for eating a plate of chicken wings. During that, like, 12-hour shift I worked, plus the company meeting afterwards. That always so, like, makes me crazy, too. Day? That Like, if you work at a restaurant and they're making you work doubles, they need to feed you. That needs to be the fucking law, to, like, I think. 
Well, and especially if if you're working twelve hour days and running around with somebody, and they stop to scarf some wings, you're like, "All right, you get the food in you. I'll pick up some of the slack for ten minutes and eat." Right? I mean, yeah. everybody has to eat. Right? Just like two minutes. That's all it takes to eat four chicken wings. Right? There was no uh, company meals at all there either. Oh hell no! I think. Oh god. Well, I got it. Like in, the kitchen staff hated their jobs too. So you know, you got a little, you got some kickbacks every now and again. Sure. That's um, so what I did, like, you know, I was like this, like, little stupid communist that, did, like, hadn't read any books yet. What I used to do is I used to get uh, parking tickets on purpose and then just throw them in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I've always yeah. thought about that with, like, rental cars and stuff. It's like, you know, I really could just park here if they're not going to tow it, you know? Right. <laughs> Like, who the hell cares, right? So I n- I've never heard back, like, if they've gotten a boot on it or whatever. But I got, like, three or four good ones. Like, good, good parking tickets. Wow. I mean, I've heard That's of awesome. UPS guys doing that, too. Just being like, I'll just get parking tickets. Who cares? You know, because it's like, it's I have... my fucking car, right? Yeah. And I got to run in this apartment. I'm not going to park, like, all fucking far away and carry this <laughs> box up to this apartment. Right. You know? God. Right. I could never, like, deliver. So it, it has a happy ending. Okay. So uh, a couple of years later, um, I got a, a letter in the mail from the labor board. And, of course, I thought, oh, I owe some money. I do whatever. But they had to get send me an $80 check, like, three or four years after I worked there because they um, were taking off money for the gas and the uh the wear and tear on the car yeah nice. that seems so fa- like that seems like i can't believe that the boss had the guts to even anybody do that that yeah. seems like a crazy like rule i've never even i've never heard of that in my life like i've never conceive heard of, that. of something that fucking crazy that sounds <laughs> like indentured servitude <laughs> right were there other drivers driving their own cars no, you had to drive the the, the bricks like the car. Scion. You got to drive this the bricks brick car. Scion. Yeah, <laughs> the bricks mobile. That's depressed. That's so wild. Bricks. Yeah, that's fuck them. I guess bricks is is hating it now, having to send out those eighty dollar yeah. checks. That's a lesson, you <laughs> right? Know? Like several years after, so there must have been dozens of people, yeah. or something, right? That like all got those. So some like angry mom must have called yeah. the labor board or something. Yeah, somebody, somebody, you put you piss enough people off with doing stuff like that. Someone's gonna do something. Well, somebody, what happened was somebody told their friends about it, and their friend was like either a lawyer or a communist or something like that. Somebody like us, and they were like. You know, if you feel like it, you could go through, like, just sending a thing to the labor board and see what they say. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how I always That's feel. why when any friend in, in the world, like, complains about their job, I'm like, do you want me to just call the labor board and Turn just, like, in. see what happens? <laughs> yeah, I mean. Right? Like, why not? That's the one time it's okay to snitch, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's not really. I don't see that as snitching. I see that as getting yours back from from the uh, bourgeoisie, you know? It's like they're right, they're exactly. they're like eating your money. I mean that that's so unethical to. I mean, because like when I worked at the ga- at at the at the cable company, they gave me a gas card in my van, and they paid for the oil changes and stuff. And then every once in a while, when they were like, "We're going to be real nice to you, we'll go ahead and uh, let you spend five dollars on your gas card for lunch." 
I'm like, you want me to go in there Hell and eat yeah. a fucking tornado for lunch? Right. Get out of here. Get a couple hot dogs in the That pot. $5 foot long, right? Yeah. No, no. It had to be a gas <laughs> card. It had to be the fleet card. So I had to do it at Speedway because that was the only place I was allowed oh, to go to. God. So you got, <sighs> you could use $5 on your Speedway card. Free gas station pizza. Yeah. You got, or you could get the, the. This is why you have a bad relationship with food. I probably. Yeah. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> Double XL bomb burrito. Microwave that thing. Yeah. You could get a big tag. <laughs> Right. Isn't that? Doesn't there a like a cheeseburger to, called a Big Tex? Yeah, they have like a pulled pork sandwich and and uh, cellophane as well Ugh. in the microwave. No, I never did it. I just was like, I'd go in there and buy like snacks, something to drink or some yeah. snacks, and just take off. You know, so depressing to right. to be like you can eat all the gas station food you want. Back when my wife and, and this I, is pretty crisp bar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was basically like. Well, here you go. You get to eat a Snickers. Snickers bars were what Cliff bars were back then. Like, yeah. that was your Cliff bar. Right. That really was my Cliff bar before Cliff bars. Yeah, like, that's what they were going just on. Just like a tiny little bit of protein, right? Yeah. Give me them um, Snickers. Just a handful of peanuts. Hungry? Why wait? You know? That's how I always say it. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. That's right. crazy as hell to me. But can I plug something really quick? Hell yeah, sure. you can't. I would never, ever, ever tell anybody to call in their, to their senator because I think it's bullshit. But there is, like, a bill, like, invoking the War Powers Act to make the United States' uh, aggression on Yemen illegal. So if anybody wants to call their uh, Senator Ro Khanna's House bill, uh, might make a difference in the world where, like, millions and millions of people are starving. So if street fighters want to do that, I think it'd be really cool. Hell yeah, yeah do give that. Them a call. I'll do that. I hate war. War is one of those things I hate. It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like it. Street Fight started as basically mostly anti-war shit, anti-drone stuff. We were very, like, zeroed in on that one thing. <laughs> well, I have yeah, a good... and, like, Yemen is a drone sort of, like, scenario that's, like, really, really, you know, just killing a ton of people. Yeah. Yeah. Terrorizing people, really. Well, thanks for calling in. Uh, that that right, was a cool, boys. weird story. Yeah. I've never out- heard of I've never heard of that ever. Yeah, that's outrageous. I doesn't sound le- I mean, doesn't sound like you can make somebody do that at all. I mean, as a human, right? A- as a someone coming up with the idea to run the business, <laughs> yeah, we can make them pay for their gas. We're giving them the opportunity, right? Like it just we're seems- giving them the opportunity to get tips over ten dollars, and then we're going to not trust them about it. Yeah, it feels like socially that's wrong. Like it that is. you would be like. Yeah, you owe me gas money, too. Yeah. <laughs> you delivered my pizza, but you used the gas. Mm-hmm. You were the one on the pedal. That really is paying to work. That, yeah. I mean, that is because if you think about a $40, let's say uh, gas in, in 2008, you could gas was fluctuated like wildly. You yeah. Know? Like it was back when it would get up to $3 and over $3. If you're looking at $3 a gallon, you got... You know, $35 filling your tank. You're making $7 an hour. You have to work five hours to get your tank filled for somebody else's car. Like, and then you leave work and you have to put gas in your own car. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's fucking awful. What a, it's just running in circles. What a scuzzbag company. Yeah, fuck that place. Somebody said in the chat, Matt uh, said uh, in LA County in 2011, landlords were legally required to return the whole deposit if the lease was continuous for at least two years. 
That makes sense. That makes absolute sense. Did they get rid of that law? Yeah, probably. I'm sure. They said back in the day they had to do that. Now well, it's like, they just they just know that's when it happened for them. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That seems fair to me. That yeah, I mean that makes sense. Fair. Uh, all right, let's see here who is on the line next. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Skelly. Skelly. Uh, yo. Hey, what's up, what's up? How are you? So close to a Skelly. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I thought I was turning into a skeleton. Yeah, yeah it's been a while. Back. We've been we've been we've been uh, <laughs> talkative tonight. What's going on tonight? Who, who's this? Uh, and this is Explosivo in Western Kentucky. What is up, Explosivo? What's you heard me singing Dragula earlier. Uh, yeah, buddy. I thought I was gonna have to go listen to the Rob Zombie album again after you should. that. Astro Creep. I wish we could play Dragula I might have to. on the show because that song rules. It's a great song. Dig through the it's ditches the time of the and burn through the witches and slam in the back of them. Rob Zombie had some bangers, right? Like, uh, oh, of course, Black Sunshine. That song, Thunder Kiss '65. All of it. How legendary. did you guys feel about Power Man 5000? Though, did not. Or did you fall on that? Was line? not a fan. I I I tried no. really hard to like them. I even had the album. I had their first yeah. album before they really blew up with the "This is what it's like when worlds collide." <laughs> I had the album before they were too like because the Rob Zombie aesthetic was something that I I think I understood and could get right in my mind, but Power Man Five Thousand was more of an anime aesthetic and it was something that I kind of didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it was definitely weirder. I also I wasn't into it. I saw him live one time, but I was trying to see Static X. <sighs> Man. Oh, hell yeah. Static X was the shit. They were great. R.I.P. Wayne Static. Yeah, unfortunately. I never listened to Static X growing up at all. Like, they were not one of my bands. But then as I got older and I started to talk more about new metal, people were like, you got to check out Static X. And I actually listened. And I was like, man, this stuff is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's fucking great. Oh, yo, push it. Okay. (laughs) This is literally not what I called in for at all, but um, (laughs) Spineshank. Were you guys in about that? Yes. Brian loved them. I love While My Guitar Gently oh, Weeps. That oh, song Yeah, rocks. dude. And Detach. <sighs> Won't be wrong right now. Know not. Oh, God. That, I'm going to listen to Spine Shank on the way home. Well, what did you call him for, Explosivo? <laughs> What's the name of the song? Well, now that I've discovered that Brian is my Ohio twin, um, I don't know. No, I, I called in for, uh, um, I don't know if you guys remember, I, I don't know. I didn't really have much to talk about, but uh, I was the guy who called in about the Ollie North protests. Uh, I do remember ago. that. Oh, yeah. How did How'd that, that go? go? Um, it was okay. Um, I, it was kind of, there were good things and bad things. Uh, uh, I guess I'll start with the good, um, is that uh, I was in a couple, I had my picture taken apparently in the news yelling at a bunch of fucking fascists, which was kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Did the 4chan people show people up? Down. Did the 4chan people, the Pepe, show up to that? No, it was a bunch of fucking... Business I mean, nerds. you probably know them. Like, you know, NRA fucking just old-ass white people showed oh, up. Oh, I would have expected um, business nerds, I think, for that one. Like, the business shark Republicans, you know? Yeah. So, well, there was... It's funny you bring that up because there was a point... I mean, you know, we we met at one point and we had some speakers, including uh, 
and this is horrible, I mean, but I'm forgetting their name, the family that had the, uh, you know, they got shot at the Waffle House in uh, Antioch, I think it was, Tennessee. They came up and spoke at the event. And uh, the people from Marshall County High School around this area spoke, and, and they had a bunch of speakers. And then we marched over to where the actual event was taking place, and we shouted a bunch of shit while people were walking in. And for the most part, yeah, I mean, they were all, like, you know, rich-looking local motherfuckers, um, you know, real real loaded pieces of shit. And uh, But we ended up at one point, I mean, they, they had all the... You know, just the regular ass working class NRA supporters who really just don't know better. Uh, we had a, they had a few people that came and did like a counter protest on our side, and they ended up letting one or two of them into the event for free. And it was just kind of like one of those things where it was like <laughs> they were just trying to win people over to their side by letting people in who were you know like working class, and it was just kind of fucking infuriating. Yeah, that's a bummer. I mean, the gun thing is so like hard because I. Like totally, mm-hmm. I I am not super anti gun, you know, but like I'm anti Oliver North. Agreed. So I and I'm anti NRA. Yeah. I'm more I'm I'm yeah. anti NRA, not anti gun. Right. I guess would be the best way to put exactly. it. Exactly. You know, because the NRA is just it's an absolutely racist organization. It, it they don't defend. Yeah, black they don't people. give two shits about the Second Amendment. No, they don't care about Philando they, Castile at all. They didn't. No, they actually said that it was justified that he got shot, and like, there's only one difference between him and other people who are having their gun rights taken away, and that's that he was black. You know? Yeah. Exactly. He was legally allowed to carry and everything, and you would think somebody in the NRA would look at that and be like, boy, this sets a dangerous precedent, but they didn't because they're all white, and they know that's not going to happen to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, I mean, you know, I liked, uh, there was a guy who showed up, like this uh, fucking veteran dude who, like, showed up to when we were all speaking and, like, tried to, like, take over the mic, and so we all kind of shouted him down. And I got in his face, and that was fun. And then uh, <laughs> another guy fun. who went on on and on about yeah, it was it was fun. Guy who went on and on about white genocide, but said he totally wasn't racist, which was you know, a lot of fun. You want to hear something we weird? Protesting when Brett and I you, went yeah. down to Pikeville, there was a a dude there that was like on our side of the barricade. And he was sort of like, I'm not racist. I'm definitely not racist, but I get what these people, these Nazis are talking about. Like, remember that guy? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was just saying, why, you know, why can't they, why can't they be proud of being white? You know, what's and, the problem with proud of being white? Stuff like that. And all lives matter. He did a lot uh, of all lives history. matter shit. Yeah, you know what I all mean? All lives matter. Yeah. And it was like real tumultuous. It was just weird. I, I don't. I, nobody took him real seriously. Uh, they kind of shoot him away a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he was annoying. He was just trying to, and he was like a dude that was trying to be funny. He was like, "Oh, I'm just, I'm goofing off over here," and it's like this is like kind of a tense standoff for the walls. Yeah, it's like we're tense, but he didn't seem like a overly politically motivated guy to me. No. Like, he just seemed like a guy that was like, I just want to go have conversations Doing with all these people. Radical centrism. Yeah, yeah. Never. But he, he, it's, I think there are certain guys that get, like, the way you describe that guy, like, that lonely. They're lonely. And they hear a bunch of people are going to be at a place 
So they decide they're going to go there and have conversations with people, and they just say all the wrong stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and I don't... I think it doesn't help when you've you've got the NRA on one hand, and the other thing that was really fucking frustrating about it, and I, I really... You know, I didn't say anything about it while I was there, and I just kind of kept quiet because I was the only one. But it was a lot of that... Stu- this town has a lot of that fucking... Um, like hashtag resistance bullshit, and there were so many fucking stupid ass signs um, <laughs> with like you know, you know, fucking the geo the NRA is in with Putin, and I'm just like, we had one. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> we had. We, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? I saw one at the anti ice march that was the uh, font from the the uh, show. This is us. And it said, this is not us. <laughs> and it was pictures of the like, oh, wow. kids in prison. And it was just like, oh, God, come on. Oh, damn, dude. That's the deepest cut. Let's take this seriously, please. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for calling, Explosivo. And giving us a little yeah, update man. there. Um, yeah, thanks for letting me call in. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, I have, uh, I just wanted to just really quickly be just kind of like loving. Uh, you guys are awesome. I'm a dad myself i have two kids totally a weed dad myself and you guys are fucking awesome and i love your fucking show and uh yeah just keep doing what you're doing because you guys are uh you guys are cool well, and um we appreciate i deleted it. i deleted my i deleted my twitter uh in a uh brief period of depression where i was off all of social media but uh if anybody wants to find me i'm explosivo uh 88 and uh that's not a fucking. That's not I know that that's right. like a white supremacy thing. That's no fuck that shit. I'm reclaiming that shit. Yeah, it's the year I was born. Fuck those people. Okay, okay, Hitler. I, will, <laughs> I thank you for calling in, Hitler. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> Have a good one. See you, boys. What's the name of the song? Explosivo. Don't know what it's about, but it's good to go. What's the name of my girlfriend? I don't know, but she's built like this shit, and she's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that damn song. So, yeah, we uh, we still aren't going to that show. Nope. Just and reminded, got reminded of that. Yeah, yeah. Nobody can get us into uh, Tenacious D in Columbus, Ohio, but if you can. We're really interested. So <laughs> Yeah, I want to be there. Yeah. Right, let's see who's on the phone next here. Thank you for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? What's up, guys? It's Chi. What's, What's up, up? Chi? How are you today? Pretty good. Uh, just uh, got off the road, been driving, listening to y'all. I had a, a great little end to my, my long work saga. Yeah, you got a That's job, right? I want to hear. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I got a new job, and it's uh, it's dope. Like, bosses are literally a complete 180 from the people I used to work for, and uh, they're putting a lot of faith in me, and it's, it's challenging, but I'm actually, you know, happy to go into work, kind That's of, tight. now, which is cool. Where are you at now? <laughs> uh, I'm actually working at a weed testing facility. Okay. Are you in a different state? Um, no, same state, oh, but... Okay. I'm not working for, like, a company that actually makes anything or anything, uh, but we're doing, like, mostly hemp testing and CBD stuff Okay, from across the country. That's awesome. And it's, and it's going good, huh? Yeah. But uh, when I left the last job, 
was a lot of the shit. So I put in my two weeks, and everyone around was, like, real excited and happy and, you know, was basically coasting. Like, they weren't really making me do that much. Like, my manager was like, you know, whatever, you're out of here. Um, and uh, I didn't know until uh, a few days later, but during, like, the Monday meetings that the whole managerial team has whenever two days before what was going to be my last day, um, some people in the meeting mentioned that they were thinking about getting some, like, cake or something on my last day and just doing a little, like, goodbye thing. And uh, I had no idea this was going to happen, whatever, and I got up uh, that Wednesday morning, and my boss had called me a couple times, like my manager, and I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? So I gave him a call, and he was like, hey, uh, listen, man, I'm really sorry, but um, you can't come in today. I was like, oh, all right, like, whatever. He's like, can you come in and just drop your badge off? And, like, but you can't come in the building. I was like, I'm like, all right. So, oh, damn. Went in and did it, whatever. Found out from one of my coworkers that the boss, the one who was upset at me fist bumping in the hallway a long time ago, hadn't heard about my leaving until, oh. like, a couple days before in that meeting. Right, And she sent an email to a couple of the managers that said, and I'm quoting it as best I can from memory, but just, there will be no cake, there will be no goodbyes. Whoa, whoa. Take his badge, and he's not allowed on premises. Jesus fucking <laughs> That's business. That's, that's, a, that's shark. That's wow. the shark kind of business. Gotcha. He hated you. Yeah, that manager hated your guts. He hated your fucking fist bumps. You really, you really pissed that guy off. Jeez, you affected you affected that person's life. I will say that. So that's nice. I, I honestly, like, I ended up going out with a bunch of coworkers last night in town, and, like, everyone, like, it was the word of the... Like, everybody had heard the story at that point. And, like, I felt like a fucking hero. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm out of here, and I've pissed off somebody so much, despite the fact that everyone around, around me who I worked with was, like, you know, cool with me and appreciated what I did. But, like, to have made the, the evil bosses that upset, like... Yeah, you're a legend, dude. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. You got to party with all your people, too, still. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was all good. Like, there will be no are, cake. There will be no cake. <laughs> there will be no goodbyes. It's over, Johnny. That's great. That is a really funny way to hear about it. Well, uh, thanks for calling, Chi. That's a great story. Yeah. And you, um,. What's what, up? Go ahead. What were you saying? Sorry, up? No, you were about to say something. What's up? Oh, I was also going to say uh, shouts to Elizabeth and her friend. And if they wanted to make a podcast of like their adventures being apostates and trying drugs, <laughs> that was 
Maybe, Very entertaining call. Maybe I can make that happen eventually here. Let let <laughs> let, let Elizabeth and 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 her friend have some Amanda? time. Yeah, I don't remember now. I'm bad. But let them have some time to just be normal people, and then maybe I'll have them on the third show or something. We'll talk about it. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, Chief. Right. Yeah, you too. Peace. Man, that's so fucked up. I've, I've, I mean, I've quit on places. I don't know if I've ever, I've never seen anything like that happen. I mean, oh, I, I don't know though. I, like, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot. It seems it makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people that like as soon as they put in their two weeks, they got fired. Right. That's definitely common. That's something I know, which is basically the same thing. But that's wild. That's wild to be that o- openly mad about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're really showing your weakness there. Yeah, like, this guy really got to me. Yeah, the way that he was friendly with people, the way he was fist bumping people is disgusting. Yeah, he doesn't deserve cake at all. I know you all like him, but that's only because he was nice. No cake. Yeah, none. I hope he got his cake though. There will like, be no cake. That's hilarious. That's a hilarious title of the show. Yeah. Well, there we go. There will be no cake. (laughs) All right. Let's see who's on the phone here. Thank you for calling Street Fight Radio. Who are we talking to? Hey, what's up, boys? Not much. How about yourself? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing all right. uh, Wrapping up for the night. Right. Looking at you guys for a while, but what was that? Sound like there's a robot in the background. Oh, sorry. Door. Oh, oh, it sounded like a robot. I was like, you might want to check and see if there's a <laughs> robot chasing you. Just <laughs> make sure there's not. Oh, man. We're also yeah, wrapping up from, for uh, the night, though. So, what's going on? Yeah, it's late for you. It's yeah, um, I'm just uh, calling in. I had a quick story about uh, about my first job. It was, and I, my, I guess my first, um, my first, uh, organizing without really knowing it i was 16 working in a um in like a a plush warehouse like Like toys toys like the the ones they put in those animals yes exactly that that. sounds like a dream sugar loaf we work for sugar loaf no it was called a discount plush and it was actually a nightmare it's kind of a cocktail of like the worst job you could have you could it catch was, a uh, it was quick a, nap laying you were on doing the it when you were 16 yeah yeah man they usually don't hire uh, 16 year olds for warehouse jobs uh yeah it was sketchy for sure it sounds um, like it's... it was like 90 percent of the job was was the plush toys and the 10 percent of it was adult novelties Oh, so, nice. <laughs> <laughs> we sell toys and yeah, dildos. Yeah. <laughs> we ple- pleasure, all kinds of different pleasure. <laughs> Are you a kid yeah, and like sure. pleasure? We got that. Right. Are you an adult and like pleasure? <laughs> oh, we got that too. Yeah, it was weird. They, I mean, there was like some bars in Canada that would order like combinations. So we'd have to like strap <laughs> dildos to like toys and stuff. It was weird. That is that but, is uh, wait. They would tell you like a bear with a strap on. No, they they would be like, "This is a bar," and they're like, "Okay, so we're gonna need, you know, ten dildos and like fifteen plush bears." <laughs> right. So okay. then they would load the boxes right. up, and it's like we ain't gonna put these in separate boxes. <laughs> That's a waste of materials. <laughs> sure. Let's throw the dildos in with the bears. <laughs> Let's throw the dilly boys in with yeah, the more bears. Or less. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this place was was terrible. I mean, a combination of just like. 
you know, small business tyrant and just like complete mismanagement. Um, I mean, to the point where, like, I mean, like the boss, for example, like we'd be on break and we'd be in the break room and like guys would nap, whatever. A lot of them had like multiple jobs and he would just come in intentionally and like turn the light on. We oh, like, man. Just guys in there. Do what we want, dog. <laughs> You're allowed to ta- nap on your break. Like, I hate it when bosses are like, don't nap in the break room. I had bosses that were like, don't nap in the break room on your break. And it's like, what the hell? This ain't your time. This is my time. This is my break. I need a 15-minute nap here right now. Right. And Well, and the thing is, the break room was also the room that held, like, all the, the dildos and the lube. So, it's like, they're trying to preach, like, professionalism. Meanwhile, there's, like, you know. <laughs> like cock rings, like right next to your right next to your head hey, when you're trying to sleep and stuff like that. Well, so. lots of professional people with manners need cock rings. Did you get to eat the edible underwear as like snacks and stuff <laughs> like that, like a fruit roll up? <laughs> I remember my friends yeah, I mean, used you know, to get. You got to try it. My friends used to always like want to tell you like edible underwear. Like every time you would bring up like edible underwear, somebody would always be like, "Those are just fruit roll ups," and it's like. Mm, no, but you put them on your junk and you wear them so they're different from fruit roll-ups in that way. Well, they were just saying you could save. They were telling you how to save money. <laughs> this is this is a thong-shaped fruit leather. Just Enjoy. Grab, get yourself a box of fruit roll-ups, lay it all out like a fabric, and then cut out a pair of panties out of it. I just taped the fruit right, by the foot to my dick. Yeah, wrap it. Just wrap it like a baseball bat. <laughs> Way cheaper. Oh, beautiful. And then, beautiful. like, that custom-made stuff. So they come into break room, and you're sitting next to, like... I was... Te- did I talk about this on the uh, show? Like, did I talk about adult bookstores recently? How weird it is to stand in those and just look around and be like... Like, if you went to one of those and worked every day and stood in that room, like, what it does to your <laughs> yeah, brain. It changes, yeah, it changes you a little bit. Yeah. Like, what does that do to yeah, your brain I mean, to stand in a room full of cock rings, like, and, like dildo oh, it boxes? it was horrible. Well, we, well, I mean, there was times where we would have to, and I'm 16, so it's like, already, that is also, like, raging hormones. That is also <laughs> kind of weird, like, that they would yeah, hire I mean, a 16-year-old to pack dildos. That <laughs> seems like people would be up in arms about that. Yes, having some horny boys taking care of all of that. Like well, we just, had to package, like, we had to package, like, cheap, crappy porn, so it was, like, foot fetish, like, grandma stuff. It was real weird. <laughs> and that, like, we would take, like, an hour or two just, like, packaging that stuff up. Ugh. And I think after that, you get real desensitized. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's kind of an experience you don't want, maybe. Or you want to be able to, like, get a, maybe, a, like, a warning about what you're going to see when you're packing those boxes. <laughs> Did they tell you in the interview that you'd be doing that? Oh, there's no interview. That's not a part of this process. Oh, great. I, I just was told. <laughs> they just reach out and grab you if you're walking up. by. <laughs> they just told you well, to show you up. Know, it's a situation you know. Well, you know somebody, you know, I know he knew the guy that knew a guy that worked there and I'm like, Hey, like, what should I wear? He's like, Well, whatever, whatever you have. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, and so I just show up, like, walk in the back room and I just they just made me like make boxes for like four hours. Oh, I did and, that for uh, a while. Yeah. At one point. Like I was I worked at this warehouse and I was so bad at everything else that they just made me a box maker the whole time. <laughs> I was a box maker, eight hours a day, six days a week. Working overtime, just never picked and packed, never drove a forklift, just made boxes. They wouldn't even let me pick and pack. 
It was me and the most like this is me and some of the dumbest people I've ever hung around with <laughs> in my life were just hanging out. Like, like they weren't like disabled or anything. They were just dudes that were just like real ding nothing, dinguses. Nothing yeah, going on. Nothing going on in there. <laughs> we were just well, sit there I and mean, talk all day. There was like day. a combination. There was a combination of that going on. I mean, there were. I mean, there was one guy who would just nap most of the day, like, and then if we had to, like, we got busy, he would just, like, do lines of coke, and then he'd just, like, bust through. Yeah, it was it was wild. And then, uh, you know, but then I also had a guy that I worked with who was, like, real enlightened, like, read, like, Noam Chomsky, and, like, was just telling me, you know, basically, like, he was, like, teaching me about life. Yeah. And so it was, it was really, it was a really weird experience, but the shitty job, like, the, the forklift broke down completely didn't work so any time that we had to move anything to like the top racks which were you know two stories tall somebody would have to climb to the top racks what and like carry the box and stuff. <laughs> yeah no, it was fuck? dude <laughs> what the fuck i wish i was i wish i was making this up this is my first experience with work i'm just like oh my god yeah but like, like welcome to, to work to son I mean, that's a real work experience, though. That's like you got the full experience at your first job, though. It wasn't like like you don't have probably any illusions on what you're doing when you go to a new job. Now you're just like, well, it's whatever they make me do. That's what work is. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be boxing dildos one minute, climbing up a fucking tall shelf and throwing boxes down the next minute. At least it was light stuff, right? Was at the very least. Well, I mean. They were big boxes. I mean, sometimes you'd have to like. I mean, they're they're packed in there pretty tight. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it, it was. I don't know. It was wild. Boxes of product usually aren't so, like conveniently small. No. <laughs> they make them as big as they can. No, not at all. Yeah. Oh. Well, in the first place, the way they had us put stuff on top was like we'd have to like we would stack pallets, put it on the forklift, and then somebody would have to stand on the forklift. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, that's a way to. It really is a way to do it. But uh, we have, like, OSHA and stuff now because, like, that's not going to work. It doesn't work out. I mean, there was OSHA then. Nothing they were doing there was legal. But OSHA doesn't go anywhere. No, this wasn't. No. Well, and especially in, like, Arizona, like, there's, there's, like, no protections. No. And nobody really. It's horrible. So how. I mean, so eventually. Go ahead. You just knew a guy. And were they paying? Because warehouses, (laughs) like, pay more than McDonald's. Were you making, like. More than like a McDonald's wage? I think I was making like a quarter over minimum wage. No, not in a warehouse. They can't do that. That's not fair. That's not how things work. <laughs> like, that's the <laughs> thing. It's like, it's really weird to me because, like, when I was a kid, the warehouse was where the adults worked. And, like, if you wanted to get a good job, as a kid, like, the kids that got into warehouses were like the luckiest people because it was like dude you like because the owe right there was this occupational work thing at at uh in groveport at least where people would go to school for half the day and then go to work for the other half of the day and sometimes they would get them in most of the times they most of the times they were either a janitor at one of the schools or they worked at McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, right? Right. But then some of them would be able to somehow, maybe they their dad knew somebody or they were like 18 early, you know, when earlier than they were supposed to. They'd get a job at a warehouse and they were basically rich. Yeah. <laughs> we all just were like, well, I oh, mean, my God. I, I felt rich. I felt rich. I mean, I was in high school. So, right. like, to me, 
I was working full time during the summer. No like, way. Oh, I did the same thing when I yeah. I worked in the kitchen very early on, and that was making twelve fifty an hour, I think. And when I was 16 years old and working 50 hours a week during the summer and had so much money, right? which to you, like that's, that's all of the money. That's right. all the money you need for the rest of your life. Right. And well, it's a I good mean, time it, too. This, like working is so much different. You're, you're like so much different when you're 16 and you're working than you are yeah. when you're, you know, in your twenties or thirties working where like, it's even like, well, all these cool older people hang out at work and like we get to do all kinds of fun, cool older people stuff when we're there. So this is great. You know? Well, yeah, that's when I was like first exposed to like alcohol. Like they, we just stayed late one time and like they, they're like, Oh, we're all going to go get tall boys. So, and then, Oh God, they couldn't even go to a bar. They went and stood in the parking lot and they drank tall boys with a 16 year old. I like this job. It feels like, like, how did you, how, I mean, I mean you earned it. Yeah. How did you, uh, I mean, did you go through any, like, it seems like that would mess you up for a little bit. You know what I mean? But it also seems oh, yeah. like it's like, I'm an adult now. Like I just basically, I'm 16 years old and now I'm an adult because I'm hanging out with adults. I'm drinking tall boys in the parking lot at the dildo warehouse. <laughs> like that. Yeah. You're grown. It sounds no, like, I mean, it sounds how, like that's how I felt too. And you're making enough money where it's like you do, even though you don't realize how much it costs to move out, you're like, I could get a fucking apartment. Yes, yes. I used to say that when I worked at McDonald's. I was making like $400 every two weeks. And I'd be like, you know, rent is only like $500 a month. And it's like, you yeah. don't know nothing, kid. Right. <laughs> rent was really only that much. I right, like right. had this dream scenario in my mind. There were these apartments called the Cedars. And they were... Sounds- like right next to a railroad track and they were just garbage apart like i you would definitely not want to live there now or even back then but that was like kind of my dream because it was just like anything that's an apartment i want like i just don't want to be at home anymore right right but oh yeah i mean i was i was crunching numbers like oh okay so i'm making this much so if I only spend twenty dollars a month on food, I could probably <laughs> exactly. swing it. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just eat grilled cheese for breakfast and lunch, and then get McDonald's for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's about exactly four ten dollars a day. So yeah. so like, uh, how did you end up being out of there? Did you did you quit or did you get fired or did they get shut down? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, so first we one day. Like, we just all decided, we're talking, and the big management, well, big management, quote-unquote, the people that weren't in the warehouse, they weren't there the day, that day. And we all just decided, like, fuck this, we're just not working. So we just didn't do anything all day. And, I mean, it's 110, 15 degrees outside, and there's no air conditioning. There's no nothing. Right. So everybody's just sick of it, so we all just sit down. And uh, so we don't, we don't send out any of the orders for the whole day. So the next day comes around, and instead of talking to anybody, they just they installed security cameras in the whole place. That's oh. what they decided was the Whoa. the way to fix it. It is the way to yeah, fix it, it though, wild. because like if there's one, like any time they installed like security cameras at one of my jobs, it was like, oh shit, we messed up. Now they're gonna see every <laughs> move we make. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Security cameras and surveillance cameras. Like are a powerful tool against workers, and and like the best way that you can think about the the best way you can tell is that people actually make money. 
I mean, this is for like burglary, right? But people make money just putting signs outside saying <laughs> that there's a security system in an apartment yeah, yeah. without even actually right, doing right, it. Yeah. Like that's how powerful, like even just the idea of surveillance is because, you know, they were never going to watch those videos in that warehouse. No, of course. Not. How many people yeah, were just to tell how many people weren't good. in how many people were in the office? There were three people. So there was a girl who was like that they hired that was like kind of hung out with us, but she was in charge of like the social media, and then two other guys. What is a warehouse? What is a what does a dildo and plush warehouse need social (laughs) media for? (laughs) Just check out my Twitter where I'm like, we'll fill your logistical orders for dildos and plushies. (laughs) I don't get. I don't. Uh, I, I. I guess like every job needs social media now. They. They. Uh, you know. And I'll say this. I've. Sa- I said this recently on the Undercover Business Tyrant Show. But I'll say this: the worst people in the whole world are customers, but directly underneath them are the office people at a warehouse. <laughs> They're also terrible people. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like they're one of the most hated classes of people that like I've ever encountered in my life. Like I worked at Bath and Body Works, and you had to walk through the office part to get to the warehouse. And I'm like, I fucking hate these people with their clothes (laughs) on and not doing any real work. (laughs) Yeah, you're just sweating your ass off, and they're just inside in the nice AC. I mean, that's uh. I mean, they, they, I mean, they literally, like, they, they were so inept at, at management, too. Like, they, they would text the guy who was in charge of the warehouse. Crew. Like, one time there was an investor coming by, which, like, who the fuck's investing in this place? And, um, People need and he texts him. He's like, yeah, I guess. And somebody said, oh, um, there's, there's boogers in the bathroom. <laughs> I, need somebody to come, I need somebody to come scrape it off. And we're like, we didn't put boogers in there. <laughs> <laughs> Scrape the boogers off yourself. You can't scrape the boogers. Yeah, scrape them. Come on. If you that, want it done. See, that's why office people are hated people, right? Like at a warehouse because they think they don't need to touch those. They're like the boogers are the warehouse people's responsibility. <laughs> These nasty warehouse right. workers are in here spreading boogers all over the place. Get them in here to clean it up now. <laughs> was y'all spreading boogers all over the place, though? <laughs> yeah, that was, it was a... It was a tactical decision, yeah. I mean, um, I used to know dudes that liked to put boogers on the bathroom wall growing up, like in, in yeah. school, and not I like at work. Boogers on the walls. <laughs> yeah, there are always boogers on yeah, the bathroom like walls at school. Yeah. Well, I mean, at a warehouse, though, sometimes you can revert back to some of those behaviors. I know I did when I worked <laughs> in one. Sure, sure. And so yeah, they installed I mean, cameras. They installed cameras, and then I just ended up, like, going, and, like, they said, oh, well, you can go part-time, because I was going back to school. They're like, well, we'll just call you in the middle of the day if we need your help. That's not like, a, Okay, great. That's no way to do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah, it didn't make any sense, but, like, eventually I just stopped getting calls, and then I was calling them, and they wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> so one day I literally had <laughs> I love it. I had to drive there. And they like, I'm like, oh, like, I just asked them, like, what's up? Like, am I fired or what's going on? And he's just like, 
oh, well, we, we just don't need you anymore. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, can I get my, like, check? Because I never got it. Right. And he was keeping it in the safe. It's like, what? So you're just never going to send this to me, basically. No, hell no. You're just going to stay here. They were hoping you'd be still waiting by the phone <laughs> until yeah. you forgot about the check. <laughs> oh, damn. I've been waiting to get a call. I haven't got a call in a month, but I, well, I guess I just forgot I worked there. Like, he thought you were going to forget. <laughs> yeah. He'll get the hit. Well, that's, I mean, yeah. Oh sure, my sure. God! Yeah, that, was, wow. that sounds like the magnet place Brett worked at. Like it just has all the markings of one of those weird. Like you go to an industrial area every day for work at a small little warehouse that does some stupid, really specialized thing, and have some guy scream at you all day and then goof off with your friends. <laughs> yeah, they used to have. Yeah, I mean that, that that's it. Yeah, they had people smash their fingers. They sold those rare earth magnets, and they would just try to tell guys they would just like try to tell guys how to do try to tell guys how to handle these things and just you know expect them to get it out of nowhere and they would crush their fucking fingers oh yeah (laughs) yo come on don't you know how magnets work (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) what the hell is wrong with you don't know how to come on man you you hired us we're the we're the lowly the lowly nothings yeah, we're like not, you, we don't know how magnets work. You read my fucking resume. It's, I'm not like an expert <laughs> magnet mover. You, 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 I wipe my boogers on the wall. What do you think I, this is here? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, it's, not, t- yeah, it's good stuff. Sixteen but, is such an uh, early age. You were probably like really into alcoholism early with that kind of a job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like to think about it too much. I don't want to overanalyze it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Um, is it cool if I if I plug... Uh, I got a podcast. I don't know if it's all right if I Hell plug yeah. that. Hell yeah. Plug that sure. thing. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's called the, the Lunch Pail, and it's on, you know, iTunes, Spotify. You're on Spotify? Like uh, Damn, we can't get on yeah, Spotify, mm-hmm. but hey, How'd you get congratulations on to you for getting on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I just use this hosting site. It's called Anchor. FM, and they just post it for you. Nice, so, pretty cool. I have to check it yeah. out. Well, thank yeah, you for yeah, calling into our it. great. What's our it about? Um, it, it's similar to, to to what you guys do, but kind of we're we're kind of more trying to like expose the issues in the Southwest, things with you know a lot of native issues, um, okay. things like that. But you know, just bullshitting about how work is is trash. And how we're getting screwed. So nice, you know. awesome. That's cool. We'll definitely have to check it out. But, Thank you for calling in. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have, have a good, good night. One. That's so you fucking do. funny to me, man. Yeah, that sounds that like is, a wild place. That warehouse. I sounds been, like a Blue Apron warehouse. I well, I've been in places like that. That was just like a person wholly un unprepared or un like unable to actually run a business has one. Like, I've been in those situations. Like, I've had, you know, the kind of jobs. Like, for me, they were the kind of jobs you get off, like, Craigslist and you do for two days. And you're like, no. Yeah, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. Or the classified ads in the back of the newspaper that say something. And, like, you go to them and you're like, this is, what is happening here? What is, because, I mean. Just one guy with, like, a pile of junk. And he's like, you need to help me with this. Yeah. (laughs) And all you need is just. I mean, we talked about this last week. It's like if you have a million dollars, you could be a successful businessman pretty easily. Like you can figure it out. You know, you have time to screw around and figure it out. Or like this guy 
like how to connect to plush dolls and adult toys and he fucking did it man he like opened his own warehouse but he he was hiring people the cheapest possible people yeah. probably de- the most desperate people and just like i said Taking what is advantage of him he he hired a fucking social media person like what what could they ever possibly need a social media person for in a place like that? Well, yeah. I mean, but that's where everybody's at. <laughs> I know. I mean, every business should have one. Every business I've worked at since the social media age has one, but you're just like, you don't I mean, like why? What <laughs> some things <laughs> why in people's faces. You gotta spread the word that you've got plush toys and like, sex the, toys. Are, you did social media for a place for insurance leads and it's like like who that's where people are at that's where people spend all their time but i don't know it's just like who's gonna find them you know like who's gonna find that and engage with it is the question i understand that people are there but it's like it's very easy to get in front of people and cheap too yeah that's true i I just think about like things that are like really niche you know having a website is like one thing so that people can go and look at it and i guess you do have to have a facebook or a twitter now because the internet all happens on twitter facebook instagram and snapchat so i guess you're right i guess you're right yeah it's just weird it's just it seems like something that's unnecessary for a warehouse you know like it did you see that steakums thing yeah is that real yeah, Steakums is a weird. Remember that uh, dude? Uh, I guess God. I can't bring that up without saying what it is. Boner what? Hitler used to constantly just send them messages that say, "My wife left me," <laughs> <laughs> and then finally Steakum got annoyed, and I think he did it every single day. Said, "My wife left me to Steakum." Right, right. And then they finally just deleted them yeah steakums a jordan peterson guy i mean steakums is is that what it is i thought it was i thought somebody said that steakum was being like they were writing all this big diatribe about going to work with like in growing up in a generation of the internet connected generation and being disconnected from your parents it was fucking weird and right bleak. i don't know what the fuck it right was i even think about somebody said it sounded like jordan peterson i'm like steakums is a very jordan peterson like oh yeah fan kind of food that's true they're, they're all going, carnivore yeah they're carnivore and they're like trying to figure out the cheapest way to eat like not the cheapest way but the easiest way to eat and steak them is like you know you just take the steak and throw it my parents would never buy me steak growing up i used to be so mad because they were like i mean basically advertised directly at me Growing up, the Steakum commercials were basically for me. Yeah. You know, somebody my age. And I would be like, can you get a Steakum? And they'd be like, Steakum isn't even real food. And I'm like, it is. Neither's nothing else y'all get me. Yeah, you don't serve better. (laughs) I know. Give me a Steakum and some bread and I'll figure it out. Yeah. I love Steakums. I I never had one in my life. I've never had a Steakum in my life. Not a single Steakum. Wow. Because my parents told me they were hard to make. And they didn't, like, want me... Like trying to make steakum in the house, so that they were sense. like, "I don't." And why does that make sense? Steakum is just thin beef, right? Right. It's like a cheesesteak, right? right? It is. I can fucking make a steakum, dude. I'm a smart guy. I'm not stupid. Right now, you could, but what about it when your parents were going to trust you with steakums? <laughs> I don't know. I make grilled cheeses. You all were going to take a metal spatula <laughs> and scrape the shit out of the nonstick pans. That's true. That, I was going to do that, but I mean, what do you want me to do? Use the right tools. Well, they should have showed you how to make steakums. Show to me be how honest. to make a steakum. Yeah, show a kid how to make a steakum. You'll never have to make his after-school snack again. 
yeah, teach, that's the teach a man a fish, yeah. <laughs> but it's show a young teen a steakum instead. Right. Yeah. Where's the vegan steakums at now that I'm thinking about it? <laughs> <laughs> that's called mushrooms. They usually use mushrooms. Oh, yeah, those are those. good. I love those. I, I love do- cheesesteaks, man. I'm like nuts on cheesesteaks. I do. Penn Station has the best. They take all those fucking vegetables and throw them on the grill. It's the, yeah. the shit. I love them. There's a sandwich place in town. I'm like, go get my wife. I haven't had one for a year. My wife hates them because they're so big and heavy and greasy. There's a sandwich place in town called Feed Me More Sandwich Kings. What? And the sandwiches look so good. It's a crazy name for a sandwich yeah. place. But it's it like it looks delicious. The sandwiches look beautiful to me. I had to go there. Let's get this last call in and No no calls. We're done. No calls. All yeah. right, we're done. Well, Thank you for that listening was a fun to the night. show. Oh, yeah, but the show has ended. How that's Goodbye. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to end the show. Actually, <laughs> we should start doing that. Don't you tell me when the show. I tell you when the show is ended. <laughs> I think I'm going to start ending the call-in show with that line. Well, thank you for being here, Street Fighters. We really do appreciate it. It's uh, beeping, Brian. You got to unplug it or something. Let me get it. Oh, there we go. Uh, you can find it, uh, more of us on streetfightradio.com. You can find live streams of the show at youtube.com slash streetfightwcrs or twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. And you can find more bonus content over on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash streetfightradio. We will see you later this week. Peace.